What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Well, hey guys, wanted to give you a quick intro to this episode. So what you're going to listen to is a conversation between me and Robert breaking down our favorite goats that we've had on the show. Robert's on the show every fourth Wednesday of the month which is when our GOAT segment occurs. And if you're new to the show, what our GOAT segment is, is uh, us taking a look at movies that were released before we were born, so 1994 or earlier, uh, and then those that might be considered the greatest of all time, even if it is the greatest of all time in a specific category. So each month, we break them down, we talk about them in depth, and that's just the fourth Wednesday of every month, because there's also one week every month is looking at nostalgia, one week is catching up on TV, and one week is talking about a comic book film. And you have your random fifth Wednesdays, such as next week, where we talk about something semi-related. So with the Fantastic Beasts 3 coming out, next week we'll talk about the Wizarding World franchise. So on today's episode, as we're breaking down our favorite goats of all time in a March Madness bracket... We're not necessarily going to be talking about the films as an initial review. We're going to be talking about them as how have you felt about this film since we initially reviewed it. And that will include elements that we liked about the movie, but it will more so how much did these stick in our memory, especially since a lot of the films we talk about are films that are meant to be pondered and thought about for a while. So just wanted to give you an update. If this is your first time joining, that's what this episode is going to look like, and that's kind of what you can expect from this podcast. But also, if you're interested, since we are doing a March Madness bracket, it might be a little difficult to follow along to, uh, with. Um, if you want a visual representation, you can go to Sifpop Twitter, so twitter.com slash Sifpop, and you can check out a post where we have a blank March Madness bracket with all of these films seated um, that you can fill out for yourself. We would love to see them, so if you want to go ahead and reply there, or if you want to um, just tweet at us directly, um, or DM us if you don't want to make your picks public, uh, we would love to see what your picks are and to be able to, to see that. But also, there's a blank sheet there if you're following along. Um, that way you can count the way that we did it um, as well. And uh, we, at some point, I think we'll make that public on Twitter. But we want to give it some time to breathe so you have a chance to fill out your own bracket um, and not be spoiled by what we said. So, twitter.com slash You don't need to have an account. Uh, it's one of the first tweets you can see. I hope you enjoy the show. Let us know your feedback, email writersroom at sifpop.com, or get in contact with us over on Twitter. We would love to hear about your bracket. Also, I forgot to plug it in the middle of the show. I did at the very, very end, but I wanted to plug it now real quick, too. But Patreon for Sifpop Writers Room, patreon.com slash sifpopwr. That's $5, $10, and $20 a month tier. $5 gets you early access to episodes. $10 gets you exclusive bonus reviews like this month's Turning Red, which is going to be coming out sometime this week. And and $20 a month, which gets you access to, you can specifically have me review something in pop culture that you want to hear my thoughts on, and then you can also hear the thoughts of the other $20 members. All right, now that that's out of the way, here's the show. At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends if you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron. And of course, of course. And today <laughs> I'm joined by Sip Pop writer, uh, Sip Pop editor, Robert. Uh, hi. 
<laughs> I don't have a quote today. We don't have one. I just thought of that. Yeah, uh, we write. Uh, we're both editors for SipPop.com as well. Uh, so we are uh, doing lots of things involving movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other movie-related articles. It's not a spoiler to say there's a new article on the site because it will have already launched by the time this episode airs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's covering um, an example of looking back at the history throughout the Oscars since if for some reason you didn't know the Oscars this weekend and uh, it's taking a look at the Oscars and saying um, if there were certain awards given out throughout history, starting back at 1975, uh, what would those awards be given to? So like best popular film was the thing that happened earlier. So, um, and then they denounced that, but what if best popular film has always existed? What would have won in 1984 or whatever? So, um, so take a look at that stuff. So that's a, that's a new website regular article and plug here lots of stuff uh but on the podcast we're going to talk about a coming attraction lost city is the big one coming out this week uh we'll also um talk about uh, for the sift topic uh taking a little bit of a break from the normal path we're going to do a march madness bracket on the goats to kind of reevaluate what we've thought of these films and some other stuff and uh um you know i i don't i don't anticipate any upsets like the march madness <laughs> has currently been but uh you know, we'll see. And we'll do the B-plot. Um, movies that are better to talk about than they are to watch. I thought that would be a lot of fun. We'll wrap up uh, with a spinoff. But first, uh, let's get a chance to um, to talk with Robert for a little bit. Robert, baseball's back. Yes. Speaking of movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, is it was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I just know, like, uh, you know, we talk about movies a good chunk. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I know that there's been a lot of discourse on what baseball has been like. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to just talk about some of those other things. So uh, you're, you're a Red Sox fan and I'm a, the other Sox fan. Um, the other Sox. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big White Sox. I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan, but I'm kind of my secondary team is the Red Sox because mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, I was like you know, eight and nine in that 2003, 2004 range. I mean, they're just, that's, that's real special baseball from the Red Sox there. So yeah, special place in my heart for them. So yeah. Yeah. And I've been to Fenway, and it's one of the best stadiums there is. Probably I the agree. Best. I've been probably the many best. a time. Yeah, I've I've not been to a bunch. I don't have a I don't have a list, but like my brother lives near Boston, and my parents were just like, "Hey, we have a week that we're going to be all there, all together. Is there anything you want to do? I'm like, if we're going to be in Boston for a week in June, we're going to go to a Red Sox game. <laughs> so so we did. Uh, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, how do you, how are we feeling about uh, baseball stuff? Uh, good. Mostly. <laughs> are the Sox going to be good this year? My Sox are. Yeah, I haven't. I don't. I haven't looked at the White Sox much, but the Red Sox. It's going to be a freaking bloodbath, the American League East, because the Rays are always good. The Blue Jays uh, are one of the only teams who acts like their owner is a billionaire and spends lots of money on their players. So the Blue Jays have lots of good players. Um, so do the Red Sox, but they could finish. And the Red Sox could finish anywhere from first to fourth depending on how things fall um no one's going to finish in last other than the orioles which are short but this baseball (laughs) (laughs) but this baseball season is one that i'm looking forward to cubs uh, might give them a run for their money (laughs) the cubs yeah um this baseball season is one i'm looking forward to uh in a unique way in a sif pop sense because we're doing a bit of a fantasy baseball league with some of the sif pop writers so uh that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, Shane cool. organized that. So yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff going on, baseball wise, movie wise, pop wise, and how they all intersect in my mm-hmm. life at least. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as far as the White Sox end, I mean, they've been pretty very quiet um, during the season and all that. Um, the big the big signing is Joe Kelly. So um, mm-hmm. 
good good addition to their baseball statue. Josh Harrison, we also got from that's them. right. The A's, on... right? No, there's pictures of the Pirates, but I'm like, we got somebody from the A's. Um, I think Josh Harrison's from the Pirates, from the A's, who the White Sox might have gotten. Uh, Velasquez. It was a pitcher, I'm pretty sure. But and then I th- and then there's lots of talk, at least on Twitter, of the White Sox potentially picking up. Uh, um, uh, Conforto, which is still available. Yeah, Conforto is probably the best uh, uh, player left agency after the lockout. Yeah, and so if it just it just feels like if there's going to be a team move on. And then there's also a couple exciting young prospects on the White Sox um, that we signed like from out of uh, out of Central America because uh, or Latin America because we have Jose Abreu, so we get all of the best Latin American talent right now. So um, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, and that's uh, there's they're big deals. <laughs> That's about. That's about the. Josh Harrison did play for the for the A's last year, so I apologize. You were right. Oh, nice. I was like, that name sounds familiar. For that, he must have gotten traded there, and I just missed it because the A's didn't end up doing anything. Right. <laughs> um. Uh. Suspedes, that's the guy. Yolqui Suspedes, the 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 guy that's um. So like uh, anyway, if you know, you know. But <laughs> yes. but lots of people talk about the White Sox are going to be really good, and like it's an exciting time because you know they've been kind of good for most of my life or really bad and uh well they were good last year and, and then they got destroyed by the astros because the astros are good yes though so the white Sox had a bunch of young players and they should be getting older and more experienced especially uh wasn't luis robert wasn't he hurt for a while he's hurt for most of them yeah and he's a big up-and-comer one of those young guys he was hurt for a long time, and uh, Eloy Jimenez was hurt for a good mm. chunk of last season. Yeah, so when you have those <laughs> those players out, and it seemed, I'm pretty sure they had a good season against the Red Sox. So it was frustrating every time they played. I was like, "Well, there you go." <laughs> yeah, no, it's and it's, Michael Kopech, he's he's on uh, uh-huh. on the rise. Well, and it's those 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 starting pitchers too. There's a lot of youth there. We could use some veteran. And there's a lot of like people that are like just about to be great. But they just need to tweak one one aspect of their game. But for now, they're you know, and and then Kimbrel was terrible for us last season. Um, he came yeah. over and then all of a sudden just had a just terrible. Um, Kimbrel has been has had a weird career, right? So he's like great but, and then good and then shaky and then great and then just like random. But but he still could just all of a sudden be great this year, you know? And exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so it'll be fun, and you know, as long as you have. Tim Anderson, like that's always a good sign. So. Yeah, Tim Anderson's a lot of fun. Uh, just announced today that they're doing a five-part documentary on Sox Youth, so I'll probably check oh, wow. that out. Nice. Um, be good. There's baseball stuff. Do you have the does, does the Rob Sox podcast still exist? Uh, technically, but really, <laughs> well, I didn't know if you were gonna like revive it or like. Wait, was it ever a podcast or was it just just blog well, posts? Both. I had okay. I had both going. Those are those are the types of things like my movie podcast that could just like pop back up at any time if I feel like. <laughs> talking to somebody about something you know uh, i yeah i i'm one of those uh self-centered people in this day and age who when i have something to say i feel like everyone needs to hear it so i don't just have a conversation with someone i recorded and put it on the internet that's fair yeah. that's fair i frequently have thought about trying to do something just hockey because i just want somebody to talk hockey with <laughs> yeah nobody would listen to it so why, why put in the energy? <laughs> just find a friend to talk about it with at that point. Right, exactly. So I got, you know, a, a couple people that I just, uh, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on. Um, we're still going to ask this random question. I realized that that wasn't movie related. But we're going to talk about this non-movie related question as well. Robert, what's the best okay. concert you've ever been to? Uh, I don't, I haven't been to many concerts. I don't go to a lot of concerts. Um, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but... Even though Imagine Dragons, 
<laughs> What's that? It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Even though Imagine Dragons is known as the new uh, Nickelback, <laughs> I still really enjoy them. Their first and, album's incredible. Yeah, I love their first two albums, actually. Um, yeah, and I went to the concert after, like, for on their tour for the second album, the Smoke and Mirrors tour. Cool. If that's what it was, I don't know if that's what it was called. The tour was called, yeah, but that was what the is, album yeah. was. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a great concert. Don't go to a lot, but I was a big Imagine Dragons fan back then and had a good time there. Well, and where you're at, I'm sure concerts are, like, ridiculously expensive. So. Uh, I actually got to see that one at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn and, like, 10 or 15 feet from the stage, so that was fun. All right. That sounds yeah. dope. It's just like, you know, it seems like most of your venues are like huge out on the East Coast and all yeah. that. So, and so, I, so, so if, if they were to play now, they'd probably go to, you know, Madison Square Garden or something. Yeah. Because they're huge. I'm sure they did. Um, be- probably. Like two or two days before the one that I went to. It's just right down the street. Though it was funny at that concert, <laughs> I knew most of the words to most of the songs, though I made eye contact with the lead singer during one of the songs that I didn't know. <laughs> so I was. <laughs> <laughs> so i uh he was singing i know there was a moment of like a brief moment of eye contact and it was one where i was just like standing there blankly just waiting for the song that i know <laughs> <laughs> um i went and i saw i think the concert that is the best it might be the, one of the last ones i've been to i because i went to a lot in college and then that was kind of it mm. um and because it was like when i was in college i was like yeah i can just go travel and go for a couple of days and you know go to st louis or chicago i went to college in central illinois like st louis chicago indianapolis um were all like within an hour and a half um yes or not an hour and a half three and a half hours um (laughs) okay still not that bad st louis was about an hour and a half but chicago was like yeah two i think in india so i went you know we'd go to concerts and like whatever you know because you can get pretty much whatever you want so i went a lot in college and then i think when i moved to iowa it was just like like, I got Des Moines. I'm still close enough to Chicago if I want to go. Like, I'm going to go see Mulaney in Chicago at the United Center this July. It'll be sweet. Nice. Um, not a band, but, you know. <laughs> My favorite band, Mulaney. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, there's just less options. But there's a lot of, like, local stuff. There's a lot of, like, smaller venues. So bands that you might have heard of that are still on the rise or, like, I'm a big, like, you know, hardcore fans. So like, uh, so like bands that are like there that are just never gonna, you know, sell out or that are never going to make it to like United Center or whatever. They'll come through to these like, you know, bars and play these shows that are just like shoulder to shoulder packed. And it's like, it used to be okay with that. And now it's like, I'm just like, everybody gets sweaty. Everything's always gross. Like if people have beer, like it gets all over you. And I'm just like, I, I like, I, I'm, I'm officially the guy where I like to stand at the back of a crowd like that. I want mm. a crowd like that, but I want to just stand, stand, stand back at the bar yeah, and have a like really basic beer while <laughs> it happens like a blue moon, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I drink. So, uh, are you talking down to me? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> pro- probably the concert that I could think of that was like my favorite is I saw under oath on their, um, their reunion tour, um, where they played their, the, the two most popular albums back to back. In, its enti- in their entirety. It's just like, man, the energy that those guys bring and the um, they're only chasing safety is like top five album of all time for me. So hearing that back to back with uh, um, uh, the next album. Yeah. Um, that was an awesome show. I, I bought tickets to see it in St. Louis and Chicago and then sold my Chicago tickets. Not because the concert wasn't great, but I was just like, I was just like, I'm exhausted. And it's like two days apart and like, you, you know, I got to drive so the three much, hours. Like, I didn't. Going again. I didn't know anybody that was going to the Chicago show. I had people that went with me to the St. Louis show. Mm. Like, you know. So anyway, uh, that's my favorite. I'm interested part. to hear how Mulaney is 
now that the baby is born and he's a little bit past all the rehab and drug well, he stuff. Ju- he just did um <laughs> he just did the sat- the sat- hosted Saturday Night Live and he had yeah. a monologue there. Did you did you watch that? Yeah, I did. It was <laughs> it was a lot of it was recycled from when I saw him. I saw him in November, I think, in Philly. Okay. And a lot of it was recycled. He's been like recycling stuff on talk shows and stand up and well, but SNL like now. yeah. Oh, you you want to save original stuff for when you perform, but yeah, like a yeah. It's a, but he wasn't in rehab by the time that you November. You oh, he was rehab. out of rehab. Yeah, he was in rehab from the first two months of this year, right? Or was that last? No, year? it was last. It was twenty twenty one that he was okay. in rehab. Yeah, so yeah. he was out of rehab and talked to. <laughs> Got it. So, it. so his joke about showing up in an intervention and half the people are on Zoom and he's yeah. like, "If you really cared about me, you would be here in person." Like, yeah. And the uh, uh, the stuff about how his his drug dealer like <laughs> was so supportive of him. Yeah. Uh, and this one, I'm I'll, I'll not say anything that he said in the show in case he uses a lot of it again when you see him. But this one, I'm sure that he will not say because he uh, he opened up the show talking about how he's expecting a baby. Uh, he didn't name any names or anything. He's like, I'm expecting a baby and the reviews are mixed. And it was just like, <laughs> like really funny how he started going off about that. And he talked about how he had drug addictions and everything. And uh, people are still walking in late as he's up on stage. And he, he was like heckling the people who were walking in late. <laughs> and, he, and he said something like, he said, for all you who are walking in late, here's a summary. People hate my unborn baby and I'm a drug addict. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> He was. It's, I'm excited for you to see him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've never seen him live. I've seen Gabriel Iglesias live, and I think that's been it. Um, I've definitely never been to a venue as big as the United Center for hmm. for something. And so, like, of course, I can't really afford good tickets. So I got like the so United Center is this you know big hockey and and basketball stadium that they also do concerts at. In case somebody doesn't know what that is, is that like um, where the Bulls and Blackhawks play or something? That is. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there's three tiers of, of levels and, um, you know, typically I can afford the third tier. Um, (laughs) I am on the third tier directly back. So they put, so they put the stage on the floor on the basketball court and then they put a bunch of chairs there so you could buy the chairs Mm -hmm. and then they start selling out, you know, all around them. I am on the third tier at like straight back from the stage in the tippy top row. So like it's it's a fine view. Like I go see Blackhawks games, you know, in in that area. But it's just like, yeah. You, and they have a big scoreboard in the middle, so I'll be able to see him. But I'm just like, it, it's still gonna be worth it because the tickets were forty bucks a piece. That's no, not. And like to hear sixteen thousand people like cracking up, cracking up with you, yeah. Like it's gonna be worth it. And like I'm mildly hopeful that he'll shoot a special there because mm. of uh, you know, Chicago's where he's from, and like it feels uh. like he's due for a new special. So. I, I'm pretty sure there's one announced. So I have no idea. But I'm like 90% sure that there's one announced. I'm just not yeah. sure when or where he's like shooting it officially. But that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and I've got tickets to like a the first show they announced, and then they're like, and we're adding another show. It's like a Thursday. They're like, we're adding another one on Friday, and it's like Friday would have been better for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And and if they're gonna record one, they're gonna record Friday. But they tickets actually, sold out almost they, immediately. So for that sort of thing, they'll do it. They'll over do multiple, multiple days, performances. So yeah. Just stitch so. them together. For sure. So I'm excited to see that. But um, we can move on. We can talk about movies now, you know, 18 minutes in. <laughs> I think John Mulaney was closer to movies than baseball, but yeah. That's true. That's true. Because, uh, you know, he does movie stuff. Yeah. I like uh, John Mulaney. Yeah, Has he done too. any movies? Uh, he's oh, voice. Spider-Man. He does voice. 
Um, he's in the he's voicing in the new Chippendale Rescue, Rescue Rangers um, and Spider Pig. Well, and he does like uh, voices for Big Mouth. Well, yeah, I know he does some TV, but I was I couldn't think of any Spider. Well, and he, anyway, and he had a really bad TV show on Fox for about six episodes where he acted like in live action. It's called. Um, huh, never heard of it. Yeah, it was it was him and Martin Short was even in it, but it was like. It was only six episodes, and they're like, this is awful. We got to pull this. But it's essentially him telling stories. Like, they set it up like a sitcom, um, but it's a laugh track. And it's like, they, they're they telling stories of his stand-up material as skits in this, like, Friends, How I Met Your Mother kind of sitcom. So, like, the pilot episode is where he goes um, to get drugs, uh, to get Xanax, and then ends oh, up getting is. a prostate exam. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> Uh, so like that's the pilot episode it's like it's a great joke and it it's it's fine but it's like it's better when he tells it he's right. he's he's he is a saturday night live comedy yeah he's he's not a sitcom person so yeah anyway um the lost city that's the movie we got coming out this week uh this is uh uh channing tatum sandra bullock uh brad pitt daniel radcliffe, daniel radcliffe. oscar nunez uh super important people right i think so Synopsis for this is a recluse romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model gets swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. Robert, how do you feel about The Lost City? This is coming out in theaters the 25th this uh, this Friday. Um, how do you feel about The Lost City? Do you think that you would catch it opening weekend? Wait for a matinee. Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already paid for. Or are you not interested? In- I will probably see it opening weekend or um, matinee. But like... So- uh- Aside from your A list subscription, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're 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 that excited, like you're excited for it. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm kind of excited just because I like Daniel Radcliffe. Um, sure. I I guess I would just put it officially at a matinee. Okay. And I'll explain after you give your anticipation. Well, it was just you kind of said like I guess I'm going opening weekend, but like you didn't like, sound excited about it. I was like, yeah, yeah. The po- the point is the excitement right. meter. Like <laughs> I, for- I forgot. About <laughs> yeah, no. If we're talking um, about literally when I'm going to see it, it might be this weekend. But yeah. Cool. I don't need to know when you see it. <laughs> it's not like I'm going with you. <laughs> Live halfway across the country. Well, I'm saying that's why. That's why I was saying it like that. <laughs> like unless you're gonna be here this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I tell you you're not saving a bed? <laughs> no, I'm going to the Oscars this weekend. Oh gosh, um, you don't want to see the Lost City instead of watching the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Friday night I think is Dune. So oh, I'd rather see. <laughs> um, man, I feel like I feel like you're the majority here. Um, like, I feel like a lot of people are actually, like, excited about this one. I think, I think I know why. I think, like, Channing, this feels like a good Channing Tatum movie, right? There's the Daniel Radcliffe aspect. I mean, Brad Pitt in a pretty fun role here. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, I mean, what's Sandra Bullock's career been recently? There was Bird Box, but, like, not really much else since, like, the glory days of the early 2000s, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, I there was the Heat. The, she was great in the Heat. I haven't seen her in much lately. Um, what is your, uh... Yeah, I'm not interested. Not even a little not bit. Interested. <laughs> no, um, well, she's no, in gravity. Holy, wholly uninterested. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So she, she tried to take her serious turn, and she, you know she works in gravity. She's great, but I'm I'm more interested in this kind of Sandra Bullock. You know. Yeah, I think Brad Pitt. Do you think he won his Oscar and now he's like I can do Bullet Train and I can do The Lost City and No, like- I think Brad Pitt was just always doing this. I think he was just like I know I'm going to get the Oscar anyway as long as filming something like this doesn't take in the way of filming what's upon a time in hollywood like uh but like looking before this other than like world war z or um the oceans movies a lot of it is 
like working with auteurs or trying to be serious or doing something that doesn't make him seem like he's the hottest man in Hollywood, you know? Well, he's got, you know, he's got Babylon coming out and that should be a pretty big Oscar. Movie. True. Um, but like he did Deadpool 2 right before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And like his role well, like, in The Big Short. Three like, seconds. Yeah. No. The Big Short is an, is an Oscar movie. That, that's what I'm Yeah, saying. but like his performance isn't really an, like an Oscar performance. It's dramatic though. It's not yeah, over the top silly. Like he's, yeah. Anyway, it just seems like uh, uh, Lost City and Bullet Train are kind of a, an actor realizing he can relax. Finally, did been trying to do three decades. Oh, I feel like he's been he's been doing a lot of silly stuff recently. But I guess I guess it's really not like I don't know. I'm all I'm I'm all here for it. You know. Oh yeah, um, totally. I I love Brad. Yeah, just and I th- and I anything. think and I think kind of him channeling this kind of like Ryan Reynolds kind of energy. I think is going to be a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, because. Obviously, it's worked for him, but it, you have to have a you know a man. I think Brad Pitt can certainly be one of those. I think Channing Tatum looks like the man child in the movie. So the, here's the thing. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just watched Dog this past weekend, and I thought it was pretty terrible. Ooh. And I typically like Channing Tatum. I th- I don't think he gets enough credit as an actor. Like between Foxcatcher, Jump Street movies, uh, Magic Mike, you know, he's done some stuff that. Oh, uh, Logan Lucky's the other one. He's done some stuff yeah. that's like really solid and varied but he's just really bad in uh dog and i'm a bit turned off to him after that but for some reason just anytime i see daniel radcliffe pop up in something that's not like an indie weird thing i'm kind of fascinated to see what got him to do that because he's only interested in doing the indie weird stuff anymore because he has harry potter money for the rest of his life well and i think there's he's not going to get the roles he really wants i think because people are like you're not quite old enough for people to see past harry potter well, I think he wants the indie weird stuff. Like that's well, what right. it always sounded right. like. He wants the indie weird stuff, but it's like I think I, I you know I don't think that you know like DC's approached him to play Superman or anything like that. You know, yeah. It also doesn't help that he's like five six or something. <laughs> yeah. So he's not gonna play Superman, though. He's ripped. He's about to play Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, but that sounds delightful. I actually, cannot <laughs> wait. To... Okay, um, I'm gonna take us on a very quick. Uh, okay. Because I just need to read you the quote for uh, Weird Al said. When, um, <laughs> Weird Al said something like, I'm absolutely thrilled that Daniel Radcliffe will be portraying me in the film. I have no doubt whatsoever that this is the role future generations will remember him for. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like talking about how he's has, has a dark past and all that. So this is going to be a very self-aware movie in which Good. Weird Al just makes fun of biopics and all that. Anyway, I'm very excited for that. That's totally off though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm way more excited about that movie just from you <laughs> telling me than I am about The Lost City because I don't. Just, this just look like looks like a steaming hot pile of junk to me. Like this looks like all those like I don't know. Like this looks like those like obviously you come for a laugh, not for a not for a story or anything like that. But I feel like we've 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 come farther than that. Like I feel like I don't you know. Think so. I think these are always going to be made. That's well, that's true, but it doesn't mean I'm interested in them anymore. And I thought I wasn't alone in that. Like I thought that, like especially the work from like Judd Apatow and Paul Feig in the past like ten years have really helped to like you know like the Heat could have easily been something like this, but it's not. It's like a well-made film that happens to also be really funny. Like you know, yeah. It seems like though these days people only want to watch like go out to the theaters to watch something like this, something that's turn your brain off fun, see people or. Uh, characters that they know and like so i.e superheroes and spider-man and free guy you know so i think this is in line with the free guy types where yeah that's also, also pretty decent in free guy. was he in free guy it, he's a really small role oh my gosh he wasn't his face covered at some point 
for for some of it, yes. Yeah, but, now that yeah, you say that, I remember. Anyway, I think it's akin to Free Guy, where it's like, this should be fun and funny, and people might go see it. Because it's- see, and it should be, but I didn't laugh a single time in the trailer. I cringed a couple times. Like, especially the scene where they're, like, p- pulling leeches off of his butt. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I don't want to see this movie. Like, you know. Anyway. No, fully, I agree with you. Fully not interested in The Lost City. But, like, I'm happy that I'm the minority. Like, lots of people are like, this looks like fun. And I'm like, this looks terrible. So, by comparison, it just sounds like I'm super duper excited for this, which I'm not. Like it looks fine, <laughs> and I feel like I'll laugh a couple times and you know not regret my night. So that's like the extent of it. Well, and, and I just look, like going to the movies, so that's it, why I'm saying. Uh, if word of mouth I, winds up being pretty okay on this, then I probably go check this out sometime. Like, well, the people I've seen on Letterboxd are already saying no good. So, <laughs> well, I was like, but if you like, if if the Sif Pop writers go see it and they're like, hey, this is actually a good time, they'll be like, you know, fine. If I'm gonna see this, I'm gonna see it in a the theater. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I don't have any other thoughts. Just just doesn't look like my kind of movie. Uh, yeah, I don't have any thought any other thoughts either. Let's move on then. Let's talk about uh, our stuff topic. Why don't you take it away, Robert? Yeah. So we were looking at what movie we were supposed to talk about this week, and that was The Great Escape, which is about fifteen hours long, and yep. <laughs> approximately <laughs> approximately approximately fifteen hours long. And I recently just watched The Batman and Drive My Car, each of which are three hours, and I was like, I just don't have time right now for another three hour movie. So seeing that it's March Madness and I'm a big basketball fan, I suggested to good old Aaron here that we do a bracket of all of the goats that we've discussed so far. We've done every <clears throat> we've done every episode together uh, and have talked about 36 total potential goats. And um, yeah, so I decided let's do a bracket. Let's honor March Madness. Let's see what our favorite is. Let's see how we're thinking about these movies now. Um, obviously, we talked about one of them last month, but some of them we've talked about, what, like a year and a half ago um, or more. Oh, we're coming on two years. Jeez, I it's don't almost feel like years, I've yeah. known you for two years, but here right? we are. Um, yeah, so so that's what we're doing. We're talking about goats. Um, yeah, Robert, so I this, went, is, I this went is episode 93, by the way. So yeah, almost two years. It's, oh my goodness. Right? And I've done all 93 of them. <laughs> and you've done all 93. Plus, plus extras. Yeah, plus your bonus. Time, time flies when there's a worldwide pandemic and you're trying to, just, to distract yourself from it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like I said, there's 36 total movies. I went online and created a 36 team. We're calling it teams, but they're 36 movie brackets. Um, there will be four play-in uh, matchups before they get to make it to the official uh, bracket. Um, I didn't know how to make a bracket like this, so I just went online and, and figured out how to do 36, and then I plugged it in. And this is how we ranked the movies, how I ranked the movies. Um, just, I don't, there's a name for this, but I don't know. So like we did 36 movies, um, and I ranked both of mine and Aaron's lists are each of our number ones got 36 points. Our number two's got 35, number three's got 34 and so on all the way down to our number 36 is getting one point. And then I added those two numbers together based on what they got in each of our lists and ranked them that way for ties. Uh, I went by whichever had the most highly rated for one of our rankings. So for example, uh, Rocky, the conversation and seven samurai each came up to 35 points, but seven samurai, uh, ended up being the highest seed of those three because you had it at number six, which was higher than any of us had or higher than either of us had any of those other ones. Um, eight and a half in the thing each actually got only four points. Um, but <laughs> I had eight and a half at 34 and the thing at 36 and you had the thing at 34 and eight, eight and a half at 36. So I was like, there's no tiebreaker there. I went to Letterboxd, 
they were the same on Letterboxd, and I had to go to IMDb, <laughs> where the thing was 8.2 and 8.5 was 8.0. So, um, And then just a little bit of a fun fun note. We actually didn't rank any of the movies at the exact same spot. Oh, nice. We had one that was uh, three spots apart. So like Goldfinger, you had it at 13. I had it at 16. Mm-hmm. We had one, two, three, four, five, six that were two apart. So for example, uh, I had Butch Cassidy at 24. You had it at 26. And uh, Shadow of a Doubt, you had it at 22. I had it at 21. Rebel Without a Cause, I had it at 30. You had it at 31. So those were the closest to lining up. Um, nice. So I've, yeah, I've been really happy with how like this hasn't just been us agreeing like pretty like it's very yeah. varied like we're typically on the same page on how much we enjoy a movie but but the le- but like we are supposed to be talking about some of the best movies of all time so we usually come away somewhere on liked it or left it so like it it but it is nice to kind of see like you know, when that we don't have the same list we don't even have the same number one like right and when we put them pin and make them against each other when we're doing our rankings it obviously can't um yeah so yeah do you want me to read off the matchups or how do you, how do you want to do that? I think let's uh, let's just read the matchups off as we go um, okay. and then we can see that. So we have the play-in round. We're starting at the, the 32 and 33 seed. Sure. Uh, yeah, so all this is also just an experiment to get us to like reflect on some of these films since we've talked about this and yeah. talk, you know, think about like how our opinions might have changed on them since we first saw them and, you know, how how we think they've held up and how, you know, especially just seeing other films and like how, how much some of these films have stuck with us, you know? So um, we have Rebel Without a Cause and The Birds at three. Um, Robert, what's, do we, do we want to take like each film and kind of just briefly say, and then vote or like, we should have talked about this beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we just like, just name the matchup and then we'll give some thoughts and yeah. just we, say, we've already talked vote. about all these yeah. films at length. So yeah, we don't need to do that again. So we don't, yeah, we don't need to go, but we can give some thoughts. These are, these are two films that I, I don't think about ever. Um, <laughs> I, I, they're, they're, they're very low on our list. That I don't think we hated either of them, but um, uh, no. you know, I, I, the birds was my second lowest, and Rebel Without a Cause was my like fifth lowest and sixth lowest, and um, yeah, I mean these are two totally fine, totally decent movies. Um, they both still have lots of issues. Um, they're both still enjoyable for what they are. Um, I don't know that either of us are interested in what they are though. So yeah, these are just two movies that I don't really think about much anymore. I don't have a desire to watch them again. Yeah, I've uh, like you said, I've seen the birds two or three times now. But for some reason, if I like my my gut reaction to which one would I rather watch, and I think that's kind of how I'm going to be going by. Okay. For the most part, uh, what I vote for, I would go with Rebel Without a Cause, just because I think that is saying more. It's more about maturing and growing up. That and it's got one of the only uh, James Dean performances that we have as a as a world. So. And and he's good. He's like <laughs> what a way to phrase that. <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't mean to sound glib, but he's good in the movie. And and it's if we're going by like the Criterion standard that we like to say, like, are we adding this to our Criterion? I'd, if if it has to be one of these two that we add, which one are we adding? Yeah, yeah I'd good. be more that's inclined. Good. Yeah, that's actually a good a good way to decide. Um, I'm more inclined to go with Rebel Without a Cause over The Birds, just because Hitchcock has made so many more better movies than The Birds. Uh, yeah, it's iconic, but. I don't really love it as a movie. Sure. Yeah. No, I'll also go ahead and uh, vote Rebel Without a Cause. I, it's, it, you're right. It has more to say. I think you have, uh, Tippi Hedren's doing fine in The Birds. She's doing really good as well. But uh, that James Dean performance is an all-timer. It's one of his best. It's iconic for a reason. So yeah, there's lots of reasons I think that Rebel Without a Cause should be out of The Birds. Yeah. There we go. So Rebel Without a Cause wins the first one. And uh, 
it'll be really interesting. We were talking about um, it's just the two of us, so we don't really have a tiebreaker. So we'll just we'll have to have fun with that. So um, so Butch Cassidy at eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a pretty easy one. Yeah, look again; these are two movies that I haven't really thought about very much at all. Um, but there's there's one that when I think about, I think about in terms of thinking like it's not the worst thing. And there's some when I think about, I think of like I still don't get it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's still eight and a half is still very bottom of the list for me. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think maybe if I was a film student or a, involved in the industry, it would probably appreciate it more. But like I'm just not so. Um, like I know there's a lot of love from it, especially from actual film people, but, um, no, it's Butch Cassidy for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like you said, neither of these come to mind. A lot of these, I don't think like I think about regularly, but when I do look through my list, I kind of think more fondly on some than I probably did when we were talking about it or when I was watching it. So like looking back, like, yeah, yeah, I could watch that again. Maybe my thoughts have kind of changed on that. Um, I'm not, I'm not describing eight and a half of that because I was kind of low on Butch Cassidy when we talked about it, but Thinking back, uh, Redford and Newman have a fun rapport. The movie's just a lot of fun. Um, they're they're like an iconic duo that it would have been nice to see more movies from the two of them. Um, and yeah, like you said, eight and a half. I famously forgot what the heck that movie even was on a previous episode. So <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely going to be Butch Cassidy on this one. Cool. Nice. Uh, that leaves us with Casablanca and Fantasia. Man, and I'm also looking at what these are going to be paired against next. None of these stand a chance. Um, but that's the way that it's supposed to work, right? It's supposed to be, you know, in Mas- it's Mar- March Madness is supposed to be anything can happen. And here it should be anything can happen, but we're talking, yeah. Oh, this- we should also say the the seeds for each one of these. So Rebel Without a Cause was 32, The Birds was 33, Butch yeah. Cassidy's 29, 8.5 is uh, 36, Casablanca is 31, and Fantasia is 34. You can say those as we go along now. Actually, I think I think the seed for eight and a half is thirty six eight and a half, three hundred sixty eight and a half. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how low it is <laughs> on the yeah, thirty six okay. movie list. Um, yeah, Casablanca and Fantasia. Why don't you kick us off this time? Fantasia is one that I was just not a fan. I other than the Mickey with the brooms, it's like that one's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, like it was just I felt like I was on drugs the whole time, just with some of the stuff that I was seeing on the screen. I wish I was on drugs watching Fantasia. <laughs> might might have had a better experience. Um, yeah, so for me, it's easily Casablanca, even though, who did we have on for that? We, uh, Blake. Blake, yeah. He helped me appreciate that one a little bit more as we were talking about it. Um, I don't, like, I don't necessarily think back on it super fondly, and I don't really love it when I watch it the two times I've seen it, but I definitely would prefer it over Fantasia, especially with, if we had to put only one of these in the criterion, I would choose. Yeah, I'll just pretty much echo all you said. Um, I, I don't look fondly on either of these. Uh, but especially with Fantasia being an anthology, anthologies are always going to have this problem. If you don't like all the things, then like, right. you know, like, I, like I would go back and YouTube the Sorcerer's Apprentice bit, maybe one or yeah. two of the other bits, but that's, that's it. Whereas, you know, Casablanca, especially Casablanca has a great ending and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather have the ending of Casablanca over the ski sorcerers. Yeah. it's a good way to put it. Uh, so the 30 seed who framed Roger Rabbit, the 35 seed, the thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think back on the thing and I probably was a little bit too harsh on it when we first <laughs> talked about it. Like I know I was, it's, it, I just don't think it's a movie made for me. I, I, yeah. And I, I want to see it again. Um, I'll ha- maybe in, if I'm in a better state of mind going into it, knowing a little bit more what it is, I'll probably check it out again around Halloween time. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'll appreciate it more, but as of now, I still just like, don't, don't know that I really like it that much, but I'm sure I like it more than when we initially recorded. Uh, and who framed Roger Rabbit is a movie that, was from my childhood that 
is is good. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a lot of really good things about it, but it's it's just not quite. I, I don't think either of us said it was a goat. Um, I don't remember, but I probably wouldn't put it in there personally. Yeah, I, I, I prefer I think... Looney Tunes back in action for live action. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think there's also like, I don't remember what we said about all these for the most part uh, in terms of like, is it a goat or not? But, mm-hmm. uh, but I have a feeling it's this low in the list that we probably said no, or we might've been one of those like for technical achievements. Yes, absolutely. But, but other than that, really. So um, I'll, I mean, I'll still have to go for Rain Roger Rabbit here, but barely yeah. close, closer than it seems. Yeah. I'm just not really a fan of like body horror stuff. And that's a lot of what in the thing, even though there is like a lot of great tension and psychological horror too there's plenty of body horror which i am not a fan of at all yeah though um yeah roger rabbit is just is just more fun um i really don't remember it that much but to be honest but uh i would definitely go with that though i want to share one quick story about the thing is that i saw a tweet recently that said someone was taking someone on a first date to see the thing the person that they were going with said something like i'm fine with any movie as long as a dog doesn't die and then the very first thing that happens in the thing. <laughs> nice. So, uh, nice. Uh, so you're voting Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well? Yeah. Okay. I was like, that would be one. If you really wanted to vote the thing, I wouldn't be mad at you. But um, let's go ahead and just start from the bottom up here. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, the 11 seed Singing in the Rain and the 22 seed The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I think about Nightmare Before Christmas a lot, but like it's because it's a seasonal movie. So I think about it a lot from October to December. Yeah, um, I don't know how much that plays into it. Um, the nightmare, the nightmare before Christmas is only as high as a twenty-two seed because of how high you had it. Yeah, I had it second to last because mm-hmm. I just really didn't like it. It's just not for me. Sure. Um, though, funny enough, I do find myself like going around, going around the house, going, "This is Halloween," you know, every once in a while. So uh, um, there is that. But like the other day, we were doing the BEC for best movies with actors. And Sif Pop writer Jake said he was going to start singing Good Morning from Singing in the Rain. I was like, well, great. It's going to be in, in my head for the next five days. And he said, you're welcome. So um, and there's more than one song in Singing in the Rain that is like that for me. And if we're going and it, and, and that's judging by the music of the movies alone, um, because sure. I love the story of Singing in the Rain so much more than I love the story of Nightmare Before Christmas. So that that would be an easy one for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would vote Nightmare Before Christmas here, but not emphatically. So I think we can give it to you. I'm not going to fight that hard on it. Okay. Um, Don't be afraid to I, fight, though. No, I, I'm not going to be afraid to fight, but it's just like, I know I know at the end, like, no one to you're right, it's, it's carried because because of how much I appreciate it. But, like, there, there is there is elements of, like, it's not a perfect movie, um, nor singing in the rain. And... Uh, there's lots to admire about both of these films and the nightmare before Christmas is not going to be a movie for everyone. I think everybody could have been though. So, uh, and it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I love both of the films, but uh, I, I probably personally would pick night before Christmas, but again, not emphatically and you would emphatically. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's fine. All right. Singing in the rain. Can, um, so then we have the six seed LA confidential versus the 27 seed his girl Friday. Um, his girl Friday is a movie that I think has gone up a lot. His girl Friday was one of the first ones we covered. It was on the first week. It was. Yeah. This is one that I thought a lot about since. Um, and I even, I did pick up the criterion for it. Um, be- at the first criterion sale after we did this, because- but part of it is because it's normally one of those like $50 Blu-rays uh. or it's, it's one of the really high Blu-rays that was, you know, 50% off. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it also has, uh, it has, it's two discs because it has so much special features. One mm-hmm. of them is a hour long, like original, the front page. 
um, film. So, which is what oh. it's based off of. So, like, Criterion for this one is excellent, and I haven't I haven't seen it since. But this is one I think about a lot, and I think it's I think it would be one of those if I went back and I watched it that I would really appreciate and I would really like. It. Um, but I would also still probably have the same problem where it feels like there's a really excellent first half and a really second sex, second half that just don't quite blend the way they're supposed to. They feel mm-hmm. like two separate movies. Yeah. I still feel like I would feel that way. That being said, I love LA Confidential. I don't think about it a ton. Um, it's several times I've seen it. I'd still have to vote LA Confidential. If this was a, I don't know. If, I feel like His Girl Friday being the 27 seed, I would pick it over a lot of others. But LA Confidential being such a high seed, I, I just can't. I was honestly getting ready for you to just like, His Girl Friday is whatever, but I love LA Confidential and go on talking nope. about how much I love that. No, I do love LA Confidential. Lots and lots and lots. Yeah, I uh, this one is one where I'd be fine either way. I don't really have strong feelings about either one. Like you said, I like His Girl Friday is just a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of fun in both halves, like you said. And then mm-hmm. LA Confidential is, you know, I'm not always one for crime movies. And that and this is very much a crime movie about corruption of the system. And it's like, to me, that's kind of a, a tired idea just because it's very obvious <laughs> to me. Um, but it does it well. It communicates its idea well. So um this is one, if you said you wanted to go LA Confidential, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. Yeah, it's closer than the seating makes it seem. Um, especially because yeah. I think His Girl Friday, I think I have ranked at like uh, a 23. But um, but yeah, it's it's one of those that if I were to rearrange my list, it would be higher. I mean, right now it's sitting beyond a movie that we'll talk about in a second, Shadow of a Doubt, but I would put it above Shadow of a Doubt. Mm. Um, just as an example. Uh, all right, so LA Confidential moves on. So that takes us to the 14 seed quiz show and the 19 seed Seven Samurai. Why don't you kick us off? Um, yeah, this is this is an interesting matchup because it's two I think that you really liked and mm-hmm. two that I didn't particularly care for too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I barely think about either one of them. Like quiz show was one that I really thought I was going to like, and then I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's fine. It, like, and that, that's another genre that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, it turns into a courtroom drama towards the end, and that's where I'm just like, yeah. Not really a fan of this. Um, so surprisingly, looking back, I think I respect Seven Samurai more and more. And I, uh, how long was it? It was like three and a half hours or something like that. Yes, three and a half hours. Um, if I ever had that kind of time to watch something that's like not Lord of the Rings or, you know, something or like Dune or something I'm really gung ho for. I don't know if I'd mind watching Seven Samurai again. I think that one would be due for a reassessment because like I said, the more I think about it, the higher in my estimation it goes. Though I didn't move it up on my rankings, just my initial things towards it. So yeah, that's what I have. To, that's all I have to say about that. Are you are you picking one, or are you just saying like I'm indifferent? I would. I think I would go Seven Samurai over Quiz Show, but I could be convinced if you felt strongly. No, I don't feel strongly about these. This this is six and eight for me on yeah. my overall lists. Um, this is Quiz Show is a movie I'd seen several times before, and Seven Samurai is one that I had never seen. Um, this was also the first episode. Yep. Uh, Seven Samurai. I th- I think it's quite a pairing. I think here's here's the here's the difference is, is if you give me Seven Samurai and Quiz Show, regardless if I have three and a half hours or not, like it, it, like let's just say I have an entire day. If you give me Quiz Show and Seven Samurai, I'm gonna pick Quiz Show to watch every time. Mm. But I think you're right. The expect the respect factor elevates Seven Samurai so much. Um, if if we're gonna if we're gonna base it off of which if we only can add one of these to the Criterion Collection, which one are we doing? It has to be Seven Samurai. Um, so this is. 51-49 to me, but mm. I'll do Seven Samurai as well. I think uh, that's the first upset. That is the first upset, yeah. 19 over 14. Although, you know, there was 
not really many of these we're going to have. Like, it's some of these, right? Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the thing probably could have been all that. But, like, next matchup is Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Arsenic and Old Lace. And there's no way I'm voting Who Framed Roger <laughs> Rabbit. Um just because I enjoyed Arsenic and Old Lace so much. And I, it's, I I feel like it's one of those I haven't watched it yet, but I feel like I could just turn on at any time. Yeah, so that's the thing is that uh, I feel like I could watch Arsenic and Old Lace at any time. Though I'm I'm voting that. I'm not voting for Roger <laughs> Rabbit. But going forward, it might be interesting to see what Arsenic and Old Lace comes up against. Yeah. Because I think for a while it was my number one or, or high up there. Because uh, I don't know. It, I don't know how much it really has to say. And it really hasn't like stuck with me outside of... I uh, had a grand old time watching it, <laughs> and I know I will every time I watch in the future, though for whatever reason, it just hasn't stuck. Yeah, that, that's one of those I think is going to be really interesting because, yeah, some some of these that are like, I had a great time watching it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That, that closes out that end of the bracket. That's that's one. So th- so Arsenic and Old Lace will pair up against Seven Samurai, Samurai at some point, and LA Confidential will pair up against Singing in the Rain. Uh, but moving on back to, let's start with the play-in round for this one. This was uh, Casablanca and Fantasia. Um, we voted Casablanca. It has to go against Cinema Paradiso. There's no chance I'm voting Casablanca here. Cinema Paradiso is one that I think about frequently. Yeah. I constantly listen to the score. Uh, I wrote about it for the 20th Century Flicks you on Um I adore this movie. Um, yeah. Um, I am not quite as high on it as you are, though it still was number five on my list, hence it landing at the number two seed. Um, yeah, there's no way I'm voting for Casablanca <laughs> over it. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I don't really have much to add because I know it's just like really high up there for you. One of your favorites ever, especially one of your favorites of the ones we're talking about here. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, Power well, of on movies. my list, it's ranked number one. Yeah, yeah. But that, but what is on my list right now does not necessarily mean that's where it stands, you know? Sure. So Cinema Paradiso moves on. Yeah. Uh, and it will eventually go up against the winner of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or M. Um, I think Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was the one that we both kind of went away from going from. There's a respect factor here, but we didn't necessarily like. Uh, no, I actually really like okay. Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay, that Apart was Apart from, like, no. the Civil War segment. So, uh, oh, I... Yeah, I think I really liked that. I don't know. I can't remember much, but th- there definitely is that what I was explaining for me, the respect factor, but not not necessarily an enjoyment. Yeah, I definitely um, have the enjoyment factor for Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, especially when you get to the end, when like where the showdown is legitimately sure. one of the best things in history. Sure. No disagreements there. Um, I have not seen either of these films since. Um, I feel like if you put them back to back, I'm going M. I also feel like if you put... If, if I could only put one in the Criterion Collection, I mean, only one of these is, gosh, I don't know. That, that's that's a toss-up for me. That's a toss-up. I feel like either of them have their merits. Um, I'm going to vote for the upset. I'm going to vote for M. I I have to go with Good, Bad, and the Ugly with this one. This is our first little stalemate. I will talk about M real quick. Is that yeah. I do I liked what it had to say a lot. Um, this was Dexter's favorite movie, right? Where we talked to yes. Dexter. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was a fun episode talking to him. Um, see, here's my thing. M was about what was it like due process or something? Wasn't there like a mob down? There was a group of civilians that were trying to find a a person who was believed to have, I think, killed a child, a murderer. Was this a German movie? What language? German, yes, yeah. Fritz Lang. I think that kind of showed. Like, I don't even remember a lot of it. Um, I would really have to go good and bad and the ugly. I don't know how strongly you feel though. Um, I think again, if you ask me which one I'm going to watch, I'm going to pick M mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, but because if we're going for the, I think this has been a really good distinction, like just talking, not just in terms of which one we like more, but also yeah. like if we can only add one of these criteria, I said, it's a coin flip for me. So 
I'm willing to say good, the bad, the ugly. I think that's fine. Because um, again, if if we kind of have multiple levels to judge these on, you know, there there is some sort of scale. So there is a sense of like, yeah, if we could only add one of these, good, the bad, and the ugly um, is just as worthy as M. So yeah, the reason I would prefer it is just like in the criterion sense is just because of its the fact that it stood the test of time is the the spaghetti western. You know, it's yeah, it's just has that ending sequence that's incredible. Sure. So the good, the bad, the ugly moves on. Uh, that's okay. No no complaint. Uh, so that takes us to the next seed that we have, which is um, Sunset Boulevard, which is the seventh seed, and uh, Citizen Kane at 26. Movies about movies. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah? No, no. Oh, Citizen Kane isn't about a movie. It's about news. It's about news. Um, movies about media. Yeah, for sure. Um we all right. Let's t- let's start with Citizen Kane because this is one of the most revered movies of all time, mm-hmm. and we, neither of us liked it very much. Have you come around on that? I pretty much stand in the same place as I do on Citizen Kane. Uh, like it has, I still Me think too. Rosebud is like iconic and cool and amazing and mind blowing and all the adjectives. But just as well, a whole, other than the uh, crowning achievements and pioneering cinematography and filmmaking i just don't particularly enjoy watching it well and this is one again we, we talk about the respect factor and i think we said we would add it just because of the respect factor yeah yeah um, but but at the same time like sunset boulevard has a lot to be respected as well and it's an engaging story with incredible performances uh lots to love about sunset boulevard uh, it's absolutely my pick and it also has an iconic like end where where yeah. uh, citizen kane has rosebud sunset boulevard has the time for my close-up you know it, it's great for sure. Yeah, like like you said, I just want to uh, real quick. Sunset Boulevard is great because of the story. Like I'm engaged in the mystery and the story, and all, like it's it's just a good thriller. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which leads to the last in this round, uh, in this particular bracket, uh, we have uh, Dead Poet Society at the ten seed and Halloween Reese seed. Um, I remember being like really loving Dead Poet Society and then watching it and being lower on it for mm. some for multiple reasons. Um, and you had seen it for the first time for the podcast yep. and really loved it. And Halloween, was it your first time for Halloween as well? It was. Okay. And it was my, I think, second time. And I think, uh, um, I think there's a respect factor for what it does for the genre, but it's, I don't, I don't think either of us are horror fans. So no. So I do like this kind of horror more than the thing. And they're the same director aren't they They're both john carpenter yep. john carpenter um it's because there's not like that gore factor that there is in the thing in halloween uh halloween i, I might it maybe has gone up in my estimation but i remember very much thinking it's a 90 minute movie that is still too long because i just mm. remember it being very repetitive michael myers getting very close and then getting away or then the person the victim getting away and whatever um it's fun it's fine i i understand why it's so revered but all that being said uh, Dead Poet Society only goes up in my estimation. I love Ethan Hawke and Robin Williams, like just as actors, and then especially with what they do in this movie. It's just, yeah, it's Dead Poet Society ten times out of it, out of ten. Yeah, and I do even agree. Uh, I, you know, even in my in my rankings, they're higher. Even, but it's it's the respect factor, it's the watchability factor, it's the the emotional attachment from Dead Poet Society is incredible. Um, you know, you you. I don't care how much these movies, Halloween movies are going to try. I'm just not going to. Yeah. So, uh, Dead Poets Society moves on. Uh, back to the first round. Let's start with the play-in again. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid versus the, f- that's the 29th seed versus the 4th seed Miracle on 34th Street. I'm, I'm not voting for the upset here. 
because we've constantly talked about how Miracle on the 34th Street uh, is is an all-time Christmas movie. Lots to love about it. Not a perfect movie, but lots to love about it. And Butch Cassidy was pretty forgettable for both of us. Uh, I'd push back on forgettable because I have remembered it more than I thought for Butch Cassidy. Um, I okay. like remember the feeling. That it's I forgettable had. for me then. Sure. Yeah. Um, I still I still didn't love it, but it's not completely forgettable. But for Miracle on 34th Street, I will add, I said this is immediately going into my yearly Christmas rotation and all that. Um, and that was Christmas of 2020 that we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Christmas 2021, I didn't actually watch it. Like I, Neither had I, I, and I expected to, but... I put all my other favorites and even a couple new ones into a rotation, but yeah, Miracle on 34th Street wasn't one of them. That, but that's not to say I didn't super enjoy it the first time that we watched it. I want maybe uh, eight months from now, nine months from now, whatever, I'll really try to get to it. I, I hope to, because... I want to see how well it holds up two years after we, watching for the first time. We didn't watch it this year, but we didn't watch many Christmas movies this year. We were doing a lot of traveling around then. Um, well, we watched so, a lot of Christmas movies and it didn't make its way in. So Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those, like, I think, I legitimately think during Christmas season, well, because there's, it's year end, so I'm trying to get caught up on all the years so we can do our year end article stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also, like, we were doing a lot of traveling. Specifically, we were gone Christmas Day. We left for San Antonio for a week. And just leading up to it was trying to get all uh, a lot of the uh, the Sposkers movies or the year-end movies that I could get done before then. Um, you know, and we, I, th- I legitimately think we watched Elf and Nightmare Before Christmas, and that might be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's just one of those things. And I'm not a super big tradition person, but, it, you know, I'm, I'll watch a Christmas movie anytime, yeah. especially if it's one I've seen before. So, Miracle Thir- on 34th Street moves on. Um I guess I guess I never officially asked you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it definitely moves on. Though we'll see how it does going forward, depending on what it matches up against. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, speaking of what it matches up against, <laughs> uh, we got the 13 seed Goldfinger and the 20 seed Rocky. Uh, yeah, what do you think? This this might be another one where I think we disagree on what should win because. Oh, okay. Because I'm guessing you're gonna go Goldfinger. I would go Goldfinger. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a super fun movie. It's James Bond, though at the time it was only. Like the second James Bond movie I'd ever seen, the first being Spectre, because friends wanted to go see it, and I hadn't seen any other James Bond movies at the time. But since then, I've watched all the Daniel Craig movies, and I like all of those a lot. Yeah. So, like, when I'm comparing Goldfinger to other Bonds, like, it doesn't even hold a candle to me. Sure. So I've seen, what, six total? If you Yeah, because if were... you've only seen this and the... Yeah, so there are five Craig movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I've seen six total, and I think Goldfinger would be number six. And Rocky is a well. You like Quantum of Solace. <laughs> yes, I, I do like Quantum of Solace a lot. Um, and Rocky, I just Rocky is a good drama. Did it win Best Picture? It was nominated it for Best. Was Picture. Was nominated. I I think it's one of those that people think it should have won, but it didn't. Um, either way, it's like it's a sports movie that has that kind of recognition. And I love sports, and I love movies, and Sylvester Stallone doing the Rocky thing. Um, I don't know this. I'd go Rocky, but. It did win Best Picture. Yeah, there you go. I'd go Rocky, especially for Criterion, but I don't know if this is the hill I want to die on with potential other difficult hills uh, coming up. Yeah, uh, this is one of those, let's see, Best Picture um, Network came. Hmm. Um, it's definitely. Uh, yeah, Best Picture winner was Rocky. Oh, All the President's Men and uh, oh, yeah. Network were both that year. Um, so I feel like this is one of those that people look back and say that one of those are one taxi driver also that year. It's so a, I, feel, I feel like I feel like this is one of those controversial best picture winners. I couldn't remember if it was because it won or because it it's because it's a freaking stacked year with four great movies. <laughs> well, and then there was um, there was also um, a film I hadn't seen do justice. 
um, uh, Bound for Glory. Why are we just um, talking about this with Shane? Oh, because we did the network episode episode with Shane. Yeah. I, um, I, th- I think uh, you're right. I'm going to go for Goldfinger here because I've seen, I'm, Abby and I have been working our way through the old, through the Bond movies and especially for like this era of Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't like Goldfinger that much, you wouldn't like <laughs> yeah. Dr. No or Live and Let Die. Like we just got to the Roger Moore era because uh, we're watching them kind of just whenever, um, not really like trying, but we're going through the franchise and right. um, she see, she has seen all the Craig movies and we've seen all the Sean Connery ones and we're in the Roger Moore one. I think we're man with the golden gun next, but um, very slowly, very much taking our time. Um, and so it's, this is gold, uh, you know, <laughs> this is gold mm, um, no compared to the rest of them. And for Russia with love is really good too, but it's, it, it doesn't hold a candle to, to Goldfinger. Um, and Rocky is one of those that when, whenever we watch this, I watch the rest of the franchise right afterwards. Mm. And Rocky is not my favorite movie in the franchise. Mm. Like, I think I, I like Rocky two more than I like Rocky. Um, did you I see think, all the Creed uh, movies too? Yeah, I did. Um, Creed is for sure. I think the best out of that franchise. Yeah. Um, I've only seen, I've only seen Creed one and two and Rocky one and two. And I, I would have to, I would go either Creed or Rocky is number one. Uh, I don't think I made a list just for them, so it would be first watches. So yeah, um, Creed, and I like Rocky Balboa, the second best. Is that the um, last Rocky? The movie? last Stallone one. Um, I had Rocky Four, Rocky Two, and even Creed Two. I put Rocky Three above Rocky, but I don't think that would hold up. Um, I think that was just me wanting to, and I think there's lots to like about Rocky. But the only one I had under Rocky was Rocky Five, um, and that's definitely those should be case. So like, I don't. Know. It's I, I'm gonna vote Goldfinger. I could see how we could w- want to vote Rocky, but I still I still hold all of the things that I had wrong with all there. And we talked about there. Goldfinger's not a perfect movie. There's def- especially if we want to talk, talk in terms of correctness. Um, yes, but sa- same is true for Rocky. Uh, not to the extent. Uh, I- I'm gonna vote Goldfinger. I'm not gonna be super firm, but it's firm. Like I said, I'll give you this one, but I might be firmer on future matchups. Okay. That's fine. Uh, so Goldfinger moves on. Um, it'll it'll face Miracle on thirty fourth. Put that to next round. Um, let's go to the play in round. We just one more of these initial rounds. Uh, uh, the play in round was skipping Rebel without around. a cause. Am I? We have. I am. My bad. We have. Uh, yeah, two more matchups. My bad. Um, let's do the kid in the conversation because this is really close. Um, the kid is the 12 seed in the conversation. 20, 21 for me. This is real close. This is closer seeding. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Close. I have them back this to is... back in my personal rankings. Okay. Um, so I guess that I liked the kid more than you and liked the conversation less than you. Um, I mean, that's got to be the way that it lines up then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, we, we did the kid not that long. We did both of these not that long ago. I feel like... Uh, the kid was more recent, but yeah, the conversation was also not that long ago. Right. Um, I feel like this is... Gosh, this is... It, it, this is going to have to define depend on how we define what these are. Um, well, I, I could make this easy if you want. Sure. Because when I saw the conversation, I saw it in a college class, a college film class, and I liked it. I thought it was great. I still think it's great. Though, when I was rewatching it for this podcast, I did not find myself nearly as engaged with it, knowing, excuse me, knowing what was coming the way I was engaged when I didn't know what was coming the first time I saw it. Whereas with The Kid, I enjoyed it very much both times that I've seen it. I had seen it before we watched it for this podcast, and then I yeah, watched it for the podcast. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's very funny. I think it's heartwarming. I think it's touching. Um, so for me, I think it would be a pretty easy pick to go with the kid. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, I would go with the kid as well. Um, it's it's just got to be that if we're talking technical achievements, if we're talking, you know, especially sound, um, <laughs> if we're talking which is the better made film, like obviously the conversation. But well, if you're talking sound, well, the kid is a silent <laughs> film. <laughs> but but even the conversation versus any other film on this list, um, you know, uh, that's why the luck of the matchups. Right, it's the luck of the matchups. Because the, these are totally, completely different movies. So mm-hmm. how do you judge it? Is it technical achievement? If it's in, Is it enjoyment? Is it which one are we putting in the Criteria Collection? And again, one of these is in the Criteria Collection. That's The Kid. Um, this, this is the only Chaplin movie I've seen, but it's got such heart to it, and it's got such like comedic... I would vote it as well, but that's not, I just want to like not discount the conversation. Yeah, I'm not trying to discount the conversation because it's well-made, obviously, from a sound perspective. Uh, perspective and also visually well done as well because uh we have gene hackman directed by francis ford coppola it's not gonna likely be very bad um yeah i think it's just a story that it just didn't get me the second time around which is what kind of lowered it in my estimation sure all right so then the last matchup in this bracket um before we move on to the last little bracket uh is the five seed ikaru and eight seed on top um i know i had ikaru really high but you must have also yeah i had ikaru uh, at 15 and looking now i think i should have had it higher so um yeah if we do if we ever do this again it might be a higher (laughs) seat like two years from now if we do a 72 movie bracket um because i i like it so much because uh who was this a kurosawa yes yeah this is definitely my favorite Kurosawa that we've done out of the two. It's I always love the movies that say appreciate life. And when they do it well, like this one does, then you got me hook, line, and sinker. And that's what, yeah, Ikiru is really well done. And The Untouchables, I just didn't enjoy The Untouchables. Untouchables is a different movie. Didn't I say Untouchables? I don't know. The I just wanted to specify. Yeah. yeah. The Untouchables with uh, Kevin Costner and... Uh, yeah, you must have really not liked this one because yeah, it's a 28 seed. I, I just wasn't a fan of The Untouchables. Again, it's but a crime movie. You're not a fan movie. of the crime era. It's a crime movie, but like I I had LA Confidential higher than Ikiru, which is what I would have changed. But at one point, I I did like it that much. So I would change that too, actually. I'm looking. Um, I would move LA Confidential back a little bit. I still love the movie, but again, it's one of those that like I don't think about often. Mm-hmm. I love it when I'm watching it and when I've watched it recently, but like if it doesn't sustain that love... Um, what is the integrity of, of this bracket? <laughs> Ikaru is one of those that I, I really thought I would have thought about more by now. Mm. And it's great. And, and I loved it. I was really impacted by it while watching it. Maybe it's just, we talked about this, what, in January? It wasn't that long ago. I don't know I feel, when. No, no. January was network. January was Casablanca. We talked about it fairly recently. I don't remember when. Maybe yeah, we Christmas talked about time. It. We talked about it recently. Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> That might have been November. Butch Cassidy, or because uh, Muppets was Carol. It was Christmas. Uh, anyway, we talked about this not that re- not that long ago, and I, I feel like it's it's a movie I still appreciate and love. It's just I feel like it's a movie that's meant for you to sit and dwell on it for a long time, and I just I haven't. Um, but I don't think that knocks it. I think it's just like it's relatively recent. There's been a lot going on, and I would love to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would lo- I, like it's one of them that I would love to show my wife because she didn't watch it. Uh, I mean, it'll be Ikiru for me, and I. I like The Untouchables. I like it a little bit less than when I... Ikiru is being remade with Bill Nye, and which is like it's a very similar message to uh, About Time, so it's kind of fun to see him in. But yeah, I don't I think just... it'll be very good, because why would you remake a Kurosawa movie that's already great? I mean, yes, but also like I think it, if the director really cares and can essentially make the same thing so it can reach True. a wider audience, Here's the you know, West Side because Story there's lots argument. of people that just yeah. won't see... Well, there's a lot of people that just won't see 
Parasite because it has subtitles. Like, True. Um, you know, I th- so I think if you get a director, like we mentioned Ikaru is Scott Derrickson's favorite, but he would he would not do it because of, you know, merit. <laughs> like, he wouldn't remake his favorite film of all time. He'd be like, there's no reason. To but if you got somebody with that kind of love, uh, and yeah. Bill Nye, that's a that's a great pick. Yeah. No, yeah, I love him. Especially right. in, det- uh, in Detective Pete. <laughs> well, one day we'll talk about Detective Pete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, one more, one more round to fill out here uh, from the first round. We'll go to the play-in. We'll do Rebel Without a Cause and Rope. This is a super easy because Rope is the one seed. Rebel Without a Cause is the thirty-two out of thirty-six seed. Uh, but either way, we didn't talk highly on Rebel Without a Cause, so it really didn't matter what this movie was. Never gonna pick it. No, Rope was. Uh, I think it's still yeah, it's still my number one movie, and yeah, I still love it. Still think about it. Hitchcock didn't like it, but I think he was wrong. About his own movie. Yeah. It's great in a lot Me of ways. Too. It's 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 my favorite Hitchcock still, despite having seen more and all that. It's just it's it's a movie that I will forever adore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Easy. Uh sixteen Muppets Christmas Carol seventeen Doctor Strange Love. Wow, that is that is quite the seating. Okay. Why what do you mean? Why? It's one apart. Oh <laughs> we've typically been like seven or eight apart, so like this feels really close. Yeah. Um I I'll, I can start. I Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strangelove, I don't think either of us talked very highly on it. Correct. Uh, on the episode. But when I was adjusting my rankings before officially making this bracket, I think I moved this way up because thinking back on it, it has only gone up in my estimate. I uh, I really like it a lot. I don't know where I have it among Kubrick because Kubrick is just a weird director who makes good, great movies. I don't know. He makes notable movies. Um <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just i'm looking at my list i have dr strange love at 24 and muppets christmas carol at 25 which shocked me yeah so i thought muppets christmas carol was higher on my list i really enjoyed muppets christmas carol but unlike miracle on 34th street i don't know if i would here, here's like the criteria for a christmas movie like i don't know if i would put it on my yearly watch like my wife and i watched it and it was like yeah that was that was fun we liked the music it was pretty funny chuckled a couple times but dr strange love is very funny it's got a lot to say. It's friggin' Stanley Kubrick. So my pick would be Strange Love. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna vote Strange Love as well. Um, a, li- a little bit more than my list might suggest of being back to back. And I'm looking at Kubrick's filmography, and I I still prefer The Shining and Eyes Wide Shut. And Clockwork Orange is my favorite Kubrick. Kubrick, um, but I don't, I don't like 2001: Space Odyssey very much. And mm-hmm. um, Full Metal Jacket, which we all no, we didn't talk about. Um, I must have just watched it at some point. Yeah, I've, I really I've, feel like I've just did. seen it. <laughs> um. I mean, it wouldn't really make much sense. Wow, I'm just really feeling like we watched it, but nope. I guess we didn't. Okay, um, I must have just watched it because there was a 4K release and I picked it up on 4K, and so it must have been like, here's a read me to watch it. Um, and, or maybe I wa- maybe I talked about it with Shane. Or, um, yeah, anyway, um, so Strange Love, it's still not, to me, like classic Kubrick, but it, I agree with you. It is one that I have appreciated more. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think this is what we kind of said when we were talking about the episode was... Uh, um like i feel like this is a movie that i'll like down the road i just i didn't that much here like i liked it there's no fun room right so like i love it and again not to discount muppets christmas carol we talked a lot of positives about that one but i think ultimately like it's you have to have an attachment to the muppets and i don't think either of us really yeah like i said Um, i enjoyed it we had a good time chuckled it's just not like i gotta add this one right no for sure strange love for me as well so that'll, that'll be our second upset Barely. Barely. But still counts. Yeah, still counts. So, Dr. Strange, moving on. Uh, okay, so then The Graduate at number eight in the Steam 25. So, um, what? Uh, I don't think I was super high on either of these movies. 
15 for the graduate. I think the graduate graduates at three for me. So that should tell you how I felt about it. I had 19. Here's what I'll say. Um, I own both of these movies now and I didn't when we initially talked about them. Hmm. Um, and there's kind of particular reasons for that. So it, I bought the graduate on a criterion sale because I think I, I think I would enjoy it more watching it again. I think, I think, a lot of my problems are I don't think our main character is likable. He makes a lot of bad decisions. But I think as I think as we talked about it, who do we like, talk about this one with? Someone was on um, uh, Vincent because his favorite movie. I'm, no, no, no. I don't think I've ever. Met it Vincent. is Vincent's favorite movie. Um, it wasn't also shame. Gosh, whoever was on it and is thinking now is just got to be so angry. Yeah, at us. I'm sorry, is Dexter Joseph. Maybe Joseph. Oh, it was also Dexter because it was when we talked about M. Oh well. Sorry, Dexter. <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> I really enjoy The Graduate still. It's like, I think about it a lot. So, well, so I think it was one of those, I think I was just like, I don't really like our main character. And it's like, oh, that's, that's right, kind that's of right. the, that's kind of the point. Right. And I just, I think I remember thinking like, all right, like, I think maybe if I could go in with a different mindset, um, I would appreciate it more. And I think I will. I, I still don't think it would quite be a love for me, but I think, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I would have liked it here. Uh, if it's 15 on my list, you know, above Dead Poets Society, I, I think I would have still been really liked it. But I do think our conversation covering the episode helped me appreciate the movie more. Yeah. So uh, I picked it up during the Criterion sale. I picked up The Sting because um, there was it was re-released on 4K. And I was like, I could see myself, I could I could certainly see myself loving this movie one day. Mm. More more so than I could um, uh, our, uh, the Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, the other Paul Newman, um, Robert Redford, Robert Redford. Um, George Roy Hill directed. Um, so I, I, I could for sure meet, see myself loving this one more. And there was a limited edition steelbook and there was just one left in my store. But uh, I can't I see think, myself loving the sting. I'll be honest. Like that's fair. That's fair. And I, and I don't know that I necessarily will, but I'm also a sucker for steelbooks. So mm-hmm. um, it would be an easy pick for me again, the graduate, but I, I, I like to think that maybe 20 years from now I would vote different. If we were voting on uh, Blu-ray covers, maybe Mustang would win for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this would be really fun, even if even if the podcast dies, like twenty years from now, let's just revisit this bracket. <laughs> yeah, You're like what were we thinking? Like, why on earth did we like? Actually, I can't imagine that for this, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Why did we hate Citizen Kane? Um, uh, so the very last of the very first round, um, aside from the playing round that we have, is Network versus Shadow of a Doubt. This one's just be easy for me. I I like Shadow of a Doubt less. Uh, and network is great. We just talked about. It. Didn't, uh, I thought you didn't like, or was I? No, I, I was on the low side. I loved it. Oh, okay. <laughs> In that case, uh, yeah, network was one. Didn't I like finish watching it five minutes before or something like Correct. that? Was that the one? Yes. Um, yeah. Looking back on it, I still think it had some pacing problems, especially towards the end. But I still do remember, like, I just went on a rant about like rattling off everything that it's about, especially like the last two minutes. Like all the different yeah. stuff that it does story-wise and visually. Um, I don't have a great memory, but this was only a month ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for those reasons, I can see it. Like if I ever go back to it, which I would not certainly would not be opposed to, I can see it rising in my estimation. Um, because I think, like I said, when we watched it or when I watched it, I was just like, I have an idea of what this is going to be about. And when I watched it, this is exactly what it was about. So it didn't surprise me in any way, but I still agreed with it and I still loved how it did it. So uh, yeah, in Shadow of a Doubt, I just really haven't thought about much. I've seen it twice. Right. And it's just kind of like, again, I've seen much better Hitchcock. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel much like a Hitchcock, even though this is Hitchcock's favorite um, mm. because it's a like simple story. And it's like, it's sure there's, there's aspects of that that I really like, but like this, 
it's not that this is a bad movie. It's just like it doesn't have a lot of the elements that we might consider for a typical goat, you know? Yeah, here's the problem with doing this bracket is that we kind of have to talk down one of the movies to talk another one up. <laughs> right. And I don't think Shadow of a Doubt is bad. It's just... I mean, no, I think I gave it four network. stars. I would I would probably bump it down to maybe three and a half, mm-hmm. maybe three. Um, it would certainly go down my list. Um, sure. Uh, but Network is at 12 for me. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, network was, and and I think we pretty much agreed. It has some pacing problems. There's some of it that we could probably cut cut back a little, but uh, but yeah, I was. I think we were all in love to there to varying degrees. I was on the very low side. Yeah. I think I think this is where I would go from love it to really really like it is after this movie. You know, between twelve and thirteen. So my top twelve, I would say somewhere in love. Like, mm. uh, yeah, and again, I haven't re-, re rearranged my thing my my ranking, which I'm sure I will when this goes public. Right. Um, all right. So let's end of the first round. Um, Robert, pick a bracket and we'll just start. Let's just start from the bottom again, because uh, that's what we've talked about least recently. So uh, that leaves six seed Ali confidential and 11 seed singing in the rain. Robert, what do you think? This one is easy for me. And that's the upset because I still, yeah, everything I said earlier about singing in the rain, it's a lot of fun, great music, great story. And then LA Conf- or yeah, LA confidential is just, we're at the point where it being a well done crime story isn't enough for me to, push it over the top of singing in the rain yeah um so i have la confidential at two right now but it wouldn't stay at two it would go down i, I think maybe as far as like because again it's one of those when i watch it five out of five but it's one of those it doesn't linger with me mm-hmm. so it might go down to like 10 um it's probably where it would go and uh, and like that's a big jump but it's yeah. like as soon as i watch it again it's like wait how do i not have this too you know kind of one of those so um it's it's one of those that like that still makes it slightly higher than than singing the rain for me but um i if if it's just me i'm probably voting out la confidential barely so i i'm willing to compromise and say we can do singing the rain i'm okay with that upset you can't it's hard to be mad at that you know right right so it's one of those i'm not i'm not passionate enough to fight it and it's like if, if this is supposed to be our collective bracket I, I think if i'm willing to say i'm willing to drop it a bunch you know right if you're filling out your own bracket it's going to be completely different right so uh, this one, this one, we might have some, uh, we'll see, because we were just talking up Seven Samurai a lot. So Seven Samurai versus Arsenic in Old oh, yeah. Place. But we also kind of said, you know, so we said there's been a lot of respect factor for Seven Samurai, but there's also been a lot of like, maybe he was just in the right mood for Arsenic and Old Place. So like, I have Seven Samurai listed higher, but this is six and seven for me. Like, <laughs> Well, I have Arsenic and Old Lace at two. And Seven Samurai at 33. So, um... but, but you said you would for sure it would be up probably at least in the 20s, right? Seven Samurai? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably if I thought about it. I don't know. I would have to look at it again. Um, it would be over Untouchable as Fantasia, but Rebel Attic. Yeah, probably like low 20s. Um, I still wouldn't put it super high just because it was a slog to get through. But looking back, like I do appreciate the story more, but it's still Arsenic and Old Lays. I had so much fun watching. Yeah, and so there was like the... moral questions in there, so I don't know. Sure. No, I mean, I, I think I'll make this easy. Um, Seventh Samurai deserves a Criterion release a lot more than Arsenic. Seventh Samurai deserves the praise of the impact that it gets more. But Arsenic and Old Lace is just a better time. It's the one that I'm going to put. Uh, which I think we said about Seventh Samurai. Well, it's like I, I'm going to pick Quiz Show to watch every time, but I'm going to vote for Seventh Samurai instead. Yeah. I'm going to pick Arsenic and Old Lace to watch every time, but I think there is... I think there's enough justification to be like the respect factor is absolutely there, but we for sure, we personally for sure us, yeah. inflated seven samurai because of the respect factor. Um, I'll, I'll vote arsenic and old days. Again, this is like a 51 49, you know? Yeah. I, I, I have to, even though our, our criteria so far has been the criterion, like which one would we put it? And I, 
I wouldn't put Arsenic and Old Lace in the Criterion over Seven Samurai, but I would still uh, prefer to yeah. watch it. Yeah. So there we go. And again, if the if it depends on what the criteria is, and we get to make our own criteria, I think that's a mixture of seven or eight different things. So this isn't just which one is the better made film. It's Correct. lots of so. And Arsenic and Old Lace um, was a three, while Seven Samurai was nineteen. That's true. That's true. And Seven Samurai was already an upset. So there are definitely brackets where Seven Samurai would reach the tip. That's okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. So at least Sunset Boulevard versus Dead Poet Society, the seven and the ten seed. This is this is close for me. Ultimately, I am going to go Sunset Boulevard. I think if we're talking emotional weight, it has to be Dead Poet Society. But if we're talking all everything, factoring it, it, it Robert, Robert Williams gets an excellent performance in Dead Poet Society. Gloria Swanson gives an excellent performance in Sunset Boulevard. Um, there's de- there's the emotional heft to Dead Poet Society. You know I'm a big emotion person, but there's oh, yeah. just something special about Sunset Boulevard. Not not something special in terms of like this is to me like because it's still eleven on my list. Um, and for reference, Dead Poet Society was like there's 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 enough the it this isn't the one of those where I go there's just something special about it like Coda. This is one of those like there's yeah. just something special about it um, that is just like it's just really Billy Wilder's you know making this film. Oh boy, this is weird because I have Sunset Boulevard at six and Dead Poet Society, but I'm for some reason I'm just really feeling Dead Poet Society here. Um, I don't know. I have to think on it just for a quick sec because uh, I don't often think that movies should have like dr- dramatic movies should have sequels. Um, but if there's anyone who could do a sequel to a drama, to something that seems like it should just be a standalone movie that was great. I think it's Ethan Hawke. I I know we're not even talking about Dead Poets Society, but I've been thinking about this. Like, I want to see Dead Poets Society 2, in which mm. he is now the teacher, the same way Robin Williams was a teacher, uh, because he was so inspired. Um, and I think the reason I have that thought is because I'm so inspired by the movie itself, and I just, like, have the high off that feeling. And uh, Sunset Boulevard just doesn't... Or, yeah, Sunset Boulevard just doesn't hit me emotionally it hits me on like a intellectual level. intellectual even more than just like the technical level that we talk about with citizen kane or something like that like i'm intrigued i'm, I'm into it the whole time it just doesn't like hit me hit me emotionally so it's this is the true definition of apples to oranges here uh, but i think man oh man i think i would have to say dead poet society i'm torn uh i'm torn because to me Everything about me says Sunset Boulevard, but I do feel, again, my heart is pulling me towards Dead Poets Society Mm -hmm. because sometimes heart is all you need. Look at Coda, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a perfect movie, but I love it so much because it's got so much heart to it. Um, It's my favorite film of the year, even though I know that it's a glorified Hallmark movie. Um, A really well-made glorified Hallmark movie. Right, yeah. You know, it's deserving of a Best Picture nominee. Um, I never thought it would get the Best Picture win. Um, I don't think it's the best made film of it. And now it looks but, like it might. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, gosh, I think I think Heart Matters so much. And these are both technically well made. I think I think I'll go ahead and change my... Dead Poets? Because because I think it's one of those... I think I was a little bit too harsh on Dead Poets Society because I'd seen it a couple times. And I think I it, for some reason, didn't strike a nerve with the way that it normally has. And I, I think it's probably Call. Uh, let's just not cause, let cause, fans of classic cinema listen to this episode because they're both technically great films you're right it's that emotion element that just kind of barely all right i'll do it dead poet society though. all right um but uh the next one is cinema paradiso <laughs> the next one is cinema paradiso and good the bad the ugly and i'm sorry i will not let you vote for good the bad and the ugly on this if it comes down to that i'm not budging in cinema paradiso well i could vote for it you could vote for it, it but I'm not, I'm not compromising at all <laughs> uh yeah, we talked about them, but we can just get it over. Just 
Speaking of a parody, so. Do you want to like? Would Would you pick Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? No, but I I think there would be a more of a conversation uh, about it than sure. Like it, it would be closer to the fifty one forty nine than for you, which I'm assuming is like ninety five five or something like that. Well, again, if we're putting through good the bad based off of technical achievements, cinema parodies has those. Yeah, uh, like and especially cinema parodies is one of the best scores of all time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I, for a lot of people as well. So yeah, as much as I really really enjoy good and the bad and the ugly, it's it still has that civil war section. I'm just like, all right, we're taking it for already two hours. Yeah, and cinema parodies is also not a short. And there's probably moments that it's. All right, we could probably move it along here. There were, but I it just didn't. It's it's like the thrill versus the uh, the heart, you know. Sure. Because, like I said, I could watch that. man the heart the heart winning out in both these last two. That's that's my worldview, man. Well, let's 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 put another heart movie. Uh, the kid has a lot of heart. Actually, I was going to say but these I, are, but but Ikiru is one of those that might make you cry, and I don't I don't know that the kid does. Uh, could kid makes you feel things, not not necessarily the five versus the twelve here. The five versus the twelve. Uh, we both really like these. Yeah, this is weird because it's Ikiru is one that I watched and was like, yeah. But the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the kid I watched, I was like, yeah. The more I think about it, I was like, hmm. So those are those are my sounds about it. <laughs> um, I think ultimately I would go Ikiru because I think so. Too. I think that's the right call. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But go ahead and explain why. <laughs> no, I didn't have too much of it, too much just because I prefer dialogue, and I know that's prejudiced but i don't i don't care because i think they do for that because they do a particular particularly good job at at having charlie chaplin directing the kid does a really excellent job at telling this story and not sound here's what i'll say uh ikiru doesn't have any scenes where i'm like all right i don't know what what the heck is going on here but there's like a dream heaven sequence (laughs) in the kid and uh that's where i'm like okay i don't know what's going on so well, and Ikiru has seven really heart, or several really heartfelt moments. Might be seven. So Ikiru will move forward. It's just, it's probably closer than five and twelve make it seem, but um, yeah, it's also it's also not that close. Um, <laughs> closer and further apart at the same time. Um, and then Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and Goldfinger four versus thirteen. My soft spot for Goldfinger, or my it's it's leash kind of runs out here where I could be like, all right, I'll give it to you over Rocky, but not not over Mary Force. Yeah, and I think that like Goldfinger is one of the best action movies for the era. Um, there's lots there's lots to love about it. There's lots of influence that it has over who James Bond is going forward and what he kind of acts like. And all that. There's lots to love. This is probably Sean Connery at his best in this role. Um, and I have a I have an affinity for this franchise, but uh, I just love Miracle on Thirty Forty. Yeah, so, and I and I, I think I think watching Goldfinger again for this podcast brought it down. But it, it wasn't because I watched it for the podcast with a certain mindset or whatever. It was I watched it. Um, I just had watched it for the first time in a Miracle on Thirty Forty, uh, which takes us to not quite our last. Or not 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 playing that. No, this is our last round. Ah, no, it's not. Two, oh. two more. Sorry. <laughs> Looking at the looking at the blank spaces. Okay, we're getting there. Um, all right, so that we have the graduate and network. This is the eight seed and the nine seed. Um, I feel like this is one of those that we're gonna ha- we're gonna be split on because I would pick the network. Okay, but you have I, the graduate super high. Graduate. Um, like I said, where do you have where do you have uh, network listed? Network, I have at seven, but graduate is at three. You have both of these film rank higher than me. How <laughs> oh, do I? Because <laughs> I have twelve and uh, fifteen. I just really, really love The Graduate. I've seen it two or three times. I think it's just great. Like, it's that switch in movie history um, where all of a sudden, even though it's, what, 
over 50 years old now, 55 years old, something like that. Um, it still feels like a modern movie and it's just easier for me to watch it. Um, <laughs> Network is newer, but like The Graduate here, I was I was recording my Oscars podcast with Ben and Foster recently, and I a comparison came to my mind that I hadn't thought of until then. And that's The Graduate kind of reminds me of Licorice Pizza in that except for licorice pizza is more explicit throughout that. Hey, maybe this isn't good. Um, where it's not until like the very end of the graduate that it's like, Hey, wait, he's not happy about this. Um, it just has that modern feel that someone yearning for something that actually isn't good for them. Mm. And then realizing it once it's too late that they made a bad choice, you know, network also does have a lot of good stuff to say i don't know i just don't get bored during the graduate i'll say that i as you were talking i kept on thinking about what are the influences have had Mm -hmm. and they both have had a lot but we talked extensively last month about how network not only influenced film but either influenced or at least predicted real life (laughs) like um and the performances in network are pretty amazing across the board. And I think the performances in the graduate, but I can't think of any particular amazing Hoffman's good. Um, I can't think of any particularly amazing. Ah, it, it, to me, it's still network is it would be the pick. I think Dustin Hoffman and Bancroft, Catherine Ross, William Daniels. I think everyone's good <laughs> and everyone's great. Good, but good, but as good as uh, Peter, Peter Finch. And um, well, he's great. He, the mad as hell guy is great, but like, there's one great performance that comes to mind with network. Whereas like every performance comes to mind for me for well, we talked, a, we talked a lot about Beatrice straight in her only four and a half minutes of screen. Yeah. Uh, the, the wife of Max. Um, that's true. And She's good. Too. William Holden and Duval also doing Duval's good work. Barely in it. Uh, and, uh, uh, fade on away. Also, <gasps> I would, Gosh. I would still go the graduate. I don't know what, if we want to flip a coin probably and say heads is the graduate because it's higher up on the visual. I think we're going to have to. All right. Hey Siri, heads or tails? It's tails. <laughs> there you go. All right, no way we could have rigged that. All right, network. so network moves forward. It's it, you can't. It, I wouldn't be mad if we lost the coin toss. Yeah, I'm not super upset about <laughs> it. Though. It also is probably not going to last another round. So no, but it's the principle of it to me. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, and this is an eight and a nine seed, so it's supposed to be difficult. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Rope and Doctor Strangelove. Rope. Uh, we, yeah, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just something so good about it. And like filmmaking techniques, it's obvious the breaks that they're doing, hidden one shots uh, or hidden hidden cuts in a one take, but it's 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 so effective and it's so ahead of its time. And it's, 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 it's a story that's still really relevant. And gosh, I'm such a sucker for morally conflicting films. Mm-hmm. Uh, love everything about rope and it's um, super tense like there's a dead body in the trunk the whole time and people are like going over there and wanting to open it and you're like and it's like <laughs> so it's not only like a thinky movie it's just, it's also just like a on its face it's a enjoyable movie like a tense movie to watch well should we just get it over with and vote rope for it over network as well since we're in the next round um well i, I do want to say strange love is it's not like it's bad like we said it's right it's good it's growing on us yeah both. it's uh it's like a fungus it's not rope, that's though. growing on us. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, uh, <laughs> but it's rope. But it's rope takes it ten times out of ten. Yeah, we're in the elite eight now. Just want to throw that out there. Elite eight. So rope and network is our first matchup. If we're gonna go for bottom, yeah. I, I just feel like we've just talked about these films. It became hard, but this isn't even close. To me. It's rope. Yeah, it's rope. I figured it would be for you as well. It would be tougher if it was a graduate. I'm, I'll say that now. But well, okay, freaking uh, Siri betrayed me. <laughs> My own phone. 
another four and five seed. Miracle on thirty fourth and Ikiru. Oh, I'm this is I'm surprising myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I just I I can't believe like I I love both of these. Yeah. Um, you're surprising yourself. Yeah. Immediately after each of these episodes, like if we were going on that feeling, I would it would be easily Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. But I don't know what that that movie's message is. Like I don't like that hasn't stuck with me. I don't remember what it was saying. There is um, there's a warning against consumerism. Yeah, that's kind of that's boring. that's the big one. Uh, there's a hey, consumerism is bad. See, I um, Christ- Christmas isn't about gifts. Christmas is about the the well i mean the movie is saying christmas is about the f- yeah i prefer it when charlie brown says um i'm going with ikiru for this. <laughs> me too and it's it's partly of that you're calling 34th street is just saying more uh, or ikiru is just saying more yeah. but there's also like um uh, both of these are very emotional movies one of them is very childlike wonder and joy and and recapturing that and and ikiru in a lot of way is that same thing but in a very mm. depressing way yeah, in a very different way <laughs> well, this would be a great on the contrary true um so if that article is who, who wants to write it <laughs> sith prop writers who are listening who wants to write that um ikiru out of the uh onto yeah. the final four wow. um well we'll get there but yeah um no, i'm just saying they're they're it's in the final they're four. in the final yeah. four um all right so cinema parody is on dead poet society um are you gonna argue with me <laughs> that it's cinema parody though here i don't think so but i don't want to understate how much i'm really like in hindsight how much i really love dead poet society um Though I will probably fight back eventually with Cinema Paradiso, I'm not going to let you just have it run the table. No, no. Look, it, it's 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 probably no secret. This is this would be my pick to go all the way. But there's, I think, one film that could that could upset it. Maybe two. yeah. That I, that I wouldn't. That I would. Yeah. So I had Cinema Paradiso at number five. Thinking back, I don't really remember much apart from actually. Now I do. I'm just thinking about what happens, and I do remember a lot of it. But like, not much sticks with me apart from the very end when he's watching all the reels. Um, mm-hmm. not Instagram reels, but film reels, uh, TikToks. Yeah, TikToks. Um, no, but yeah, like that's the main part. Whereas a lot of dead poet society sticks with me. This is the only film that I saw for the first time and have seen since, mm. um, it, uh, other than saw a, a, for another time because I fell asleep or didn't think <laughs> I got it. Like, like this thing I saw twice. When we, I think it's the, the same only thing film Dr. Strange love watched it twice. This is the only film I've seen twice. Um, that was a first time watch. And this might even be, well, apart from Nightmare Before Christmas, the only film that I've seen in an episode. On. Yeah, I haven't rewatched any of the first watches. Well, so, and some of them are like, I want to, but, mm-hmm. you know, like Dr. Strange Love, His Girl Friday, I feel like one. Oh, yeah, I, I will. It's just I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, that speaks volume. Like, and I watched it quickly after we watched, you know, after we watched Cinema, Cinema Parodies. I, I watched it. Yeah. Um, I would let, yeah. I, I'm not trying to argue for Dead Poets Society. No, I'm no. just saying it's, it's pretty great. It is. And, it is. And, yeah. There's lots of reasons that somebody could. Um, there's lots of reasons somebody could. Some people could justify it going all the way. It's great, good for film. Uh, our last elite eight matchup is Arsenic and Old Lace three seed versus Singing in the Eleven seed. Wow, this is. Uh, we're gonna just eliminate a lot of classic cinema <laughs> at this point. I mean, not well, that we have much left, but it's yeah, like <laughs> that's kind of the yeah. inherent in it at this point. Um, uh, yeah, especially because these are two like classic, like old time Hollywood. Films. Oh yeah. So Arsenic and Old Lace. What is it about? Like, what is it saying? Is it about, do you have, like, do these ladies have the right to kill? Because that's what they're doing. They're just killing people and hiding them in the basement. I think. Because I don't, that's the thing. Like, it hasn't hung around in my mind like some of these other ones have. I don't know that there's necessarily a deeper message to Arsenic and Old Lace. I think it's trying to just be a fun romp. 
I think there are messages you could take away from it, but ultimately I think our characters are... There's the whole love subplot that it tries to speak a lot into. Like, our main character really doesn't want to get married, Mm. but going through this process calls him to realize that why not? You know, or, right? Yeah. Or or am I... I think so. I feel like I'm remembering right. Like, he... No, or am I thinking of His Girl Friday? I mean, these are both... No, no, that's definitely His Girl Friday is... The well, whole thing was, is his ex-wife, and she's getting married, but then he wants her back in His Girl Friday. No, because because uh, Mortimer, the the main character, the Cary Grant character, mm-hmm. um, is a new. Oh, that's this is what it is. He's a newspaper critic, and he's known for his diatribes against marriage. But he gets married to um, Priscilla Lane. So so that both of them involve marriage. But His Girl Friday okay. was he never wanted to commit. This one is he's outspoken against marriage but goes ahead goes ahead go ahead and does it um and then gets put in a bad situation i think there's things that it says about um about love if we're but i don't know that it's necessarily trying to be a this is frank capra as well you know director of its wonderful life like that is clearly a movie that is trying to say something i think arsenic and old lace is just trying to tell a charming i'm 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 surprising myself but i gotta be honest i'm going singing in the rain i would still vote arsenic Here's my pitch for singing in the rain. It's because okay. they're both fun. Like here, I'll, I'll do the parallels. They're both a lot of fun. Um, they both have classic Hollywood actors. But singing in the rain, it'll, it'll be an interesting matchup. Okay, it's about movies and it's about learning to like. It's very clearly about something, and in not that wackiness is bad, but like in a non-wacky way, in a straightforward way, um, it knows what it is. It's very assured, and there's a reason that it's singing in the rain like it, i don't know how else to say it like there's a reason that no. it's that it's more so, well regarded than arsenic all you had to do was say it's a lot of fun and i remembered all the fun moments especially in the first like 10 minutes of that film and i'm like it is just as fun as arsenic lace when it won. it has a better it has a deeper message it's got incredible choreography mm-hmm. there's lots to love about both of these films lots to <laughs> remembered the 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 like the boy that lives in the house the the man that lives in the house that like, thinks he's a civil war general <laughs> um but i'm just thinking about the scene in no, scene of the so, rain of the three main characters when they're like in the house deciding that they're gonna uh whatever they're gonna do they're gonna like go and make their movie or whatever so here's here's what's gonna come down to um when I reorient my list, um, Arsenic and Old Lace is still going to be on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to pick to watch it more times than not. Probably closer to like a 7-3 rate um, to sing in the main. Maybe a 6-4. Like okay. it's, it's going to be a lot closer to half and half than it is like, I'm going to watch it 10 times out of 10. Right, right, right. But if we only get to put one of these in Criterion Collection, it's going to be singing in the rain. Yeah. And if we're going with the same heart argument, I think it has more heart. Singing Correct. in the rain does. So I probably still think that Arsenic and Old Lace is my favorite, but I think it makes sense for our bracket being a culmination of lots of things. Yeah. To have put Singing in the Rain. All right. Very arbitrary, depending on which matchup it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very arbitrary. Um, Man, well, let's. Only one upset. Or no, two upsets. Final. Well, yeah. Singing in the Rain is an upset of Arsenic and Old Very Lace. Very much. Upset. But still, like to still have upsets this late. Like... Oh, yeah. It, typically for movie brackets, you don't have upsets. Yeah. True. Uh, March Madness, there can be upsets anytime. There's a 15 seed. Like, Six, both of my IOT are out. <sighs> All right. Do you want to start with Ropa and Ikaru, or do you want to start with Cinema Parodies on Singing? Let's start with Ropa and Ikaru, because I think Ikaru's legs have run out. I think so. Like, as, as much as it's risen in my estimation, as I've thought about it since we talked about it and since we watched it, Rope well, is and- like was high in my estimation and it has stayed high in my estimation. For for lots of the things that we've talked about, Rope still does all of that. It's not a comedy. It has fun moments though. Yeah. Um they're both films about life and death, 
uh, rope is a more cynical one, obviously. It's about the power to take life. And, um, that's very but, ju- that, but the Jimmy, but the Jimmy Stewart character is the heart of that film, and we have like direct interactions with like the fiance of the person that they kill. Mm. Like Rope also has a lot of heart. We just only think about the intensity. Uh, it's also a brisk watch. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes. Ikaru is two and a half hours. I mean, they're both effective in their runtime. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Ikaru's legs run out here um, because Rope is just so good. Again, that's not to say Ikaru is bad because it's not at all right like this is what this bracket is for to pit an alfred hitchcock movie against an akira kurosawa movie and it's like, like i gotta go and which is the better made film ikiru absolutely ikiru but on a story level and on a thematic level I, man i'm just happy you love rope because yeah. like i just i know it's kind of commu- no i love it I, I, I made sure i wanted to put it on here all right so then cinema paradiso and singer you know I have to listen to my parody. I know you. I know you about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to entertain. An eleven an versus two. Singing in the rain was an eleven. By the way, Ikiru was a five, which was a lower C, lowish C. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I think I don't. Just, I don't just know do any uh, cinema parody though. No, it's. I'm trying to get my own bias out of the way. Yeah, here, yeah. But it's like. I'm trying to think of any element that I think cinema parodies are loses in the rain. I think that the the I I I love the score for cinema parodies. Oh. And I really like the soundtrack for singing. I mean, but I'll take the score mm-hmm. over the soundtrack. Um, I there's no like choreography in cinema. Uh, cinema Periodizo has maybe the best movie ending of all time. Um, it, it it wins out on no, it doesn't really win. I'm trying to think of anything that like Singing in the Rain could because they're they're both kind of neck and neck for a lot of the ways. But it's just Cinema Periodizo has a lot of heart, right? Um, and and probably doesn't say as much as Singing in the Rain does because well, but they're both about film. Cinema Paradiso is about love for film, and Singing in the Rain is about love of the end. I prefer love for film over the industry. Ten times out of ten. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that. Well, and also to go for, like, uh, love for the industry, but also, like, a desire for, for like, the best part of it, and, to like, uh, yeah, lots of stuff. So, it's it, it's it's closer than it seems, but it's just, I, I'm, I can't not vote again. I can't not vote. Yeah. Um, okay. I had a feeling it would come down to this. It has. Our last one is Rope versus Cinema Paradiso. Robert, I have to vote Cinema Paradiso, but this is the one that I would be okay if it got upset. If you feel really strongly, this is the one Like I would not be mad if Rope, because Rope was my favorite on this list for a long time. Um, and I think that they're, neither of them are perfect films. Um, they're both all-timers. For me. So I have to vote Cinema Paradiso, but I just, you're, you're allowed to vote Rope, and there's a good chance that we would agree on Rope. See, there's your problem. You gave me the opening. and I have to take it because as great as Cinema Paradiso is, it just hasn't, I don't know. It's just not been there in my mind where, and it like didn't affect me the way, nearly the way it did you. And Rope is just always there. I'm always like, those are ideas I think about and to see them put into film that way. Like we said, 10,000 times already, like in a film that's just super fun to watch on top of emotional, on top of thought provoking. It's just rope. This one is 10 times out of 10. Well, and let's see. You have Cinema Paradiso at 5 overall. Yeah, and rope at 1. And rope at 1. And I have Cinema Paradiso at 1 and rope at 3. So if we're talking in terms of both of us collected, rope fared better. Um, And even then, that's at 3. But when I read edit this, it'll be 2. Because I would put this above LA Confidence. Mm. Um, Because I would move LA Confidential back quite a bit. And Ikiru would be... um, And then I'd figure out the rest. I need there. But, like, it's... You know, so even if it's even if it's two for me, if even if it's one and two for me, and you're one and five, like it just has to like for the collective of us both, like it has to has to be yeah. right. I 
I'm trying not to let my own bias in there, but I think it is. No, it's okay. And I think there, I think you, you also brought a good, a good point. Um, so much of cinema parodies works because it's a emotion driven, um, because it is a, it hit me on an, on an emotional level that has not ever left me. So right. if it didn't hit you, you're not going to like it as much. So it didn't not hit me. It just didn't hit me as much, you know? Sure. 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 That's a better way to put it. So yeah, so so much of that film relies on how much emotion you buy into. So okay, there you go. There's your bracket. I'm sure we'll find a way to put this up, probably on Twitter. Um, yeah, I was gonna I'll say. Gi- I'll, I'll give it some time, maybe a week, so that way people give what some time. Like give it some time before I post it on Twitter. That way people have a chance to listen before they get it spoiled. Oh, I was gonna say, when does this go live on Wednesday? Yeah. Do you think in your podcast editing you could do like a little insert at the very beginning saying something like we're gonna do a bracket? You can find that on Twitter. And we could tweet out a blank bracket so people can look at it, make their own picks just for fun, and then they can see the full bracket later. That sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds fine to me. So we'll tweet out the blank bracket, and then as you're listening along, you can uh, uh, you can fill it out, say this is what they picked and this is what I would pick, you know, and see where our differences are. And I'm sure there will be plenty because, again, I know lots of people don't like Rose. So, um, yeah. So if you could, if you want to just put something like that at the beginning before everyone's already heard. <laughs> yeah. So go to, tw- so go to, if you haven't already, go to Twitter and, uh, um, find the blank bracket and fill one out for yourself. Uh, tweet at Sifpop. Um, you give us send it in the replies. We'd love to hear. What you, um, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, this was a lot of fun. This is exactly what I was hoping for. Well, and it's nice because we we're constantly talking about whatever the next one might is. We don't get a chance for a lot of these movies. You're really meant to sit and think. Of. Oh yeah. So sure. there's a lot of these that are like, yeah, I've sat and I thought about it, and I appreciate it a lot more there's one that it's like i haven't thought about this movie in months like you know rebel without a cause was like the second week and i haven't thought about it very much at all so yeah yeah um very nice well on the next you know on a related topic on the next month we'll talk about last temptation of christ you know very similar very um, similar <laughs> uh but last temptation of christ uh martin Scorsese epic he's got a lot of it uh, i honestly cannot wait to talk to you about this one because i've been i'm excited i've been waiting for someone well i'll get into this more next month but I've been waiting for someone who like has both the movie understanding, like you just appreciate movies and like the theological knowledge of it. So someone with both, both those in their background to talk about. So, yeah, I'm excited. And I'm also like, I'll be watching silence this week. Oh, right. yeah. about it. So like, I'll also have recently watched silence because he's two religious mag- magnum opuses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, last temptation of Christ next month. I think that one's streaming somewhere. Yeah. I have the criteria. Yeah, I have it too. Um, I bought it knowing that I'm just going to, I hope that's true. <laughs> I, I hope so too. Because I know I also know, and probably should be okay to, to say out now. Um, this isn't a. You can correct me where I'm wrong. My understanding is the film is not meant to depict uh, the passion narrative in the way that like the Passion of the Christ does. This isn't meant to be a telling of Jesus. This is meant to be an interpretation of Jesus' sacrifice. Right. Uh, like it takes a little bit of liberty. Am I <laughs> it, a lot of liberty? It takes a fair amount of liberty, but. So if you're expecting a Jesus biopic, this isn't it. Well, again, we'll get into this all next month, but you will get it, but not in the Passion of the Christ way that you're expecting. It's like, here, you can say it this way. Martin Scorsese made this in uh, in a way to express his own love for Jesus. So okay. uh, it's not meant as an attack. It's meant as his understanding of how it all went down. <laughs> 
And Martin Scorsese um, almost became a priest. That's true. Character. But he got into too much so, trouble or something. Uh, um, I'm not sure. But all I know is he was about to be a priest. And he was like, I'm going to make movies. So, so also not just some guy that's, you know, like this is a guy that's theologically trained making me about. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. But if you're looking for, if you are religious, you might be offended um, from my understanding. But you, you might be, but you shouldn't be. You Well, but you might be if you don't know going into, right? Sure. Uh, so that's that's why I wanted to say something now, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> again, this is going to be like quite the conversation, okay. but like it'll be good. We, we could put it this way: people, religious people, have had a history of being offended <laughs> watching this movie, <laughs> though that is not at all the the intent. Like this is a hundred percent from the love of this religion, just in a more complicated way than has been used to being seen. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, so that's next month. Uh, talk about Last Time of Christ. Um, B plot. Let's do that. It's um, we're thinking of something, and I thought let's let's talk about movies that are, we're talking about, we're talking exclusively about movies today. We did, well for the Sif topic, um, we didn't actually necessarily watch them. So I thought, what are some movies that are better to talk about mm. than they are to watch? Um, we, and we've mentioned some of these that we think like have grown in. Like we've really liked talking about some movies that. We maybe didn't enjoy watching, um, and so we and so I feel like there's an expectation like next time we watch this one it will go up or whatever. So because we enjoyed talking about them so much, um, so other films that we think are better to talk about than they are to watch. I have I have seven listed. I've got seven listed. Nice. All right. So let's do let's do a quick back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll kick us off because it's the first one I thought of. Um, also, this was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Oh, could but... I say one more thing too? Yeah. I also have I took the liberty of doing. I, I have a few that are fun to watch, but not to talk about. And Ooh. I have a few that are exactly even in fun to watch and talk about. I th- see. And I thought about putting the nice guys on the list because I had such a good time talking about it with you, okay. but it's like, it, but it would be even for me. It's just as fun to talk yeah. about as it is to watch. Uh, we don't have to go too deep into those, but I, no, no, no. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I, I, I typically try to like stay away from variation because any given chance we might use them for a beep. Right. That's I what think, I was, thinking. I don't think we will. So, I love I love that you have those. We, we'll do those at the very end. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll start off the first one I thought of, um, Tenet. Mm-hmm. You so, think it's uh, it's more fun to talk about than to watch? Yes. I'll, so here's 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 my defense. Sure, I think yeah. that no, Nolan, I'd, like, I'd love to hear. I know, I think that Nolan is doing some really interesting stuff here. I just think there's there's also some things. It's really easy to get confused. It's really easy to get lost. It's not a movie that you can like mentally dive out of for about five minutes. But I think no. the things that he's talking about, the things that he's trying to accomplish, the that he's saying, the the things that he's doing with a camera are so interesting. Um, I I much more enjoyed. There's a there's a video out there by New Rock Stars that's kind of explaining Tenet. And I used to be in New Rock Stars a lot, but then I was just like. I think there's a lot of merit to this, but there's also an ele- there's also a certain element of like the more I watch new mo- new rock stars, the more I get upset because something is not what I <laughs> wanted it. To. Um, especially like with their like breaking down trailers, it's like oh this could have been that mm, instead. Like, I see what you mean. Um, so I don't knock the channel at all. Um, I just I just your there is a new rock stars video on Tenet explaining Tenet that is much more interesting and fascinating than the film itself for me. Fair and enough. so um, yeah. So I, I, I really, uh, this isn't to say any of the movies on this list I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think Tenet is a fascinating conversation because it's a fascinating film that probably could be made. Uh, yeah, I'll just spoil it. I have this in the, in that even section where. Oh, okay. All right. But it's both like low because, because like, well, I kind of. I've only seen Tenet the once. I've seen it three times now. I saw it the first time and I went back to see it like a week or two after. Uh, this is back when it was first released in theaters. And then I watched it again a couple weeks ago for the first time uh, in a while. And 
I'm, it's one of those I've been wanting to watch, but it's just hard to pull the trigger. Various reasons. Here's the thing for me is that it's pretty fun to watch, but also you just get lost because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yes. And it's pretty fun to talk about afterwards, but also because it doesn't make any sense and there's no emotional through line. Like I compare it to Inception where it's like Inception, there's all this detail and made up stuff, but at least you care about Cobb getting back to his kids and him getting over his guilt and all that. Sure. Like there's nothing like that for me in Tenet. So like, I think it's supposed to be the Robert Pattinson character, especially if you adhere to, and I do, that he is Max, Max. the the kid, oh. uh, that he is the same person. See, it, this is exactly my thing is where it's like, <laughs> I it, the movie just doesn't make any sense to me. So after three yeah. viewings, and I just don't care to find out. So, but like, it's still moderately fun to watch and moderately fun to talk about. Yes. So yeah. there you go. Uh, the first movie on my actual list was... Um, here, my caveat was that there are a million movies out there that are extremely difficult to watch, but have great things to say. And I'd much rather uh, break down their their ideas, their themes, their messages with someone than watch it again. And the example I have of that was Schindler's List, which is like, for one thing, it's very long. But for another, it's just like, that's a an emotional gauntlet to go through. And it is. it's not too often that I really want to go through that gauntlet. But I, the ideas that it brings up, I could talk about it a lot and so that's why it's on and i like to think that spielberg would agree with you in saying he made the movie to inspire conversation yeah um and to well he made the movie to tell a story as a tribute of this person that did incredible things um but also like i think when you tell stories of incredible people it's meant to inspire and you know same could be said with something like hacksaw ridge like it's meant to inspire and to say something like these are just normal people doing extraordinary you are a normal so i think i think there's merit to that so yeah um, i just didn't put it because it's such an excellent film and it part part of it is the emotional toll um but i am not faulting yeah, i've seen it once five out of five stars and yeah. i'm not really too inclined to I go think, back to it too often i think i've only seen it five uh, twice and it's been like five years apart mm, yeah um, yeah um the next one i have is mary poppins um i couldn't tell you if i've ever seen that all the way through so I watched it all the way through right about the time Mary Poppins returns and I just don't like it very much. <laughs> like it's overly long. It's a freaking long movie that doesn't need um it's it's like 2 hours and 37 minutes. Uh, which you wouldn't think. Um and all the parts that you remember of it like are not the majority of the uh, 2 hours and 19 sorry. Either way, it's really long for a 1964 Disney film. Right. Um and there's a lot of it that is really admirable there's a lot of it that's fun to like sit back and reminisce about but like ultimately it's not a movie i don't think i ever really want to sit down and watch again um so i love to sit back and talk about like oh yeah the scene where they go into the painting is really cool but i kind of put it into the part where it's like i would like to go back and watch clips of the probably not the whole but like i think you can talk about this quite a bit so um again this was a little hard for me so this is maybe the weakest argument i have for any of them sure so um yeah yeah, my next one was borat (laughs) No joke. Be- I thought about Borat. Because I love watching it and I'd be happy. I actually to- thought about Borat too, but yeah. Hmm. I, Either one. But yeah, I love watching first Borat and I am excited to show it to like different people who haven't sh- who haven't seen it. But part of what's fun is like I watched it for the first time in college and part of what's fun is just like talking about what was funny and quoting the lines and doing the Borat voice, you know. And <laughs> like half of my lexicon in college to some, uh, certain friends was just lines from Borat. So uh, on that alone, why it's on this list. Yeah, no, this is one of those that like, I love like when somebody watches one of them for the first time and be like, 
Yeah, wasn't that crazy when and like what does that say? And I think right. I think the second film explores that a lot more because there's not a script to the second. There's not a you know well uh, there is a little bit, but like you know it, it when they started filming, they had no idea that COVID was about to break out, and so they just kind of run with it on the fly. So like when Borat goes and lives with the two people for the first couple of weeks of quarantine, like you could talk about just their interaction for hours. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah, you know, like uh, the the scene where he in the first one where he's uh, going. Uh, this is my neighbor. <laughs> I get the window from a glass. He must get the window from a glass. I get a step. He must get a step. I get the clock radio. He cannot afford. Great success. Afford. <laughs> but <laughs> great success. That that scene starts with him saying, "Entry, please," and he's like bringing the ca- the camera in by saying, "Entry, please." I like to say, to, like if someone's coming in, "Entry, please." So it's just like <laughs> little things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I have certain parts of the movie that get stuck in my head. There's a musical number in the second one that I hate when it gets stuck in my head because it's... Oh, it's very bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with any of it. <laughs> but it's just so catchy. So I'm like walking around the house singing it. I'm like, this is racist and icky. And evil. I can't stop singing it. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, you re- the, I think the rest of this is going to be the Aaron Makes Robert Mad okay. uh, right. list. Um, we'll start with Yesterday. See, Okay, I want to hear it. Go ahead. Okay, I don't like the movie very much. Caveat, I'm not a very big Beatles fan. This is a movie made for Beatles fans. Um, I'm not a big I'm not a big one. I'm, I'm not a... I haven't listened to a ton of their music. What I've listened to, I'm like, this is good. I don't... See, I, I understand their influence, but um, I'm not a... I'm not a huge Beatles fan. But I'm fascinated with... The concept of what if we woke up tomorrow and something didn't exist? How would that affect things? But you, but only you, what if we woke up tomorrow and Coca Cola never existed? Like, yeah. but only I knew of Coca Cola. Like, what does that change? And it's 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 really interesting to hear the themes that stem from that because they they do like Oasis never existed because the Beatles never. So Wonderwall was never written or whatever. So it's like it's fun to play those those stemming games. It's fun. It's fun to just think about like especially some of the things that we take for granted. Like, what if this one thing never existed? And you were the only person that thought of it. Like, and then, and then, not only that, but for something like yesterday, I think it's got a really great message because he uses this music to, like bring joy and like unite a lot of people. Like, he doesn't he 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 makes money, but he's not really interested in the money. He's he's interested in preserving the integrity of this thing, you know, because because they're like, you know, it's Jude's song, and then Ed Sheeran's like, what if it's Hey Dude? Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's not. And they're like. I think it's going to be this album and it's going to be this. And they're like, all right, we hate that. What if we do this? And it's all funky and laser, you know, like he wants to preserve the integrity of this thing that he loved. And so there's, I think there's lots and lots and lots to love about talking about yesterday, but it's not, it's just not a movie. I didn't care too much. Yeah. And Um, even the ending is adds stuff thematically and it's still a fairly recent movie. So I won't spoil. Yeah. There's even more to talk about with uh, a final choice at the end. Um, Richard Curtis wrote this movie and I love Richard Curtis movies. So about time, Love Actually, Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, you know, most. I've only seen About Time. Okay. Love it. Well, because those are all uh, rom coms. They're rom coms. And but I love About Time. Yeah, but it's it's a movie about life. They only get That's married true. halfway through, and then the rest of it is about life. Um, Love Actually is highly questionable in a lot of areas, but it's still so much fun to watch. Um, <laughs> my point is, I really enjoy watching Yesterday because it has that Richard Curtis flair, and I love his movies. So. Um, and the thing is, the stuff I talk about, it was my first YouTube video, actually. The stuff I talk about in it has much less to do with what if this or that didn't exist and more about, like, let's accept what it's trying to <clears throat> trying to say and not worry too much about, like, 
all the different threads that it that it doesn't pull correctly. Sure. Um, so yeah, I agree. There's a lot to talk about. I just also really, really love watching it. Um, yeah, my next one. Sure. Uh, my next one is actually The Batman. It's a very recent one, obviously. I thought about this. Um, because it's friggin' three hours long, man. And I I did my own podcast episode about this. And it was... Yeah, listen to it. It's great. You should go check it out. Thank you. Thank you. It was over an hour long. Talked to my brother. Um, and I mentioned this in, this pod, in that podcast. Uh, you and I, me and you, Aaron, we did a podcast for Spider-Man No Way Home. And yes. before we did that, I was like, all right, I got to see this a second time so I can have all my thoughts gathered. But I did, just didn't have it in me to go see Batman again, just because it's so long and there's stuff where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's worth it uh, to watch it again. But I saw the movie. I had conversation. I saw it with my dad and my brother. We had conversations with it. We went out to dinner. We went out to uh, a couple stores, all driving the same car, you know, and then we were like talking about it on and off the entire time. Plus, you were all driving the car. <laughs> yeah, we were. It was. It's a fancy new car. Um, nice. <laughs> plus the hour plus conversation that I had on the podcast. Plus any conversation I'd be willing to have with other people. You know, like there's a lot about it to talk about and to really enjoy. It's just I'm not quite sure how much more I want. How often I'm really going to watch it, even though I really did enjoy it overall. I think this is one of those really interesting. I thought about putting it because I really think that part of the purpose of this film was Matt Reeves saying, here's all the things that Batman isn't mm. the more that I think about it. And that's part of the reason why I don't like, like some of the, because, well, and if, if I, I ultimately didn't put it on this list because I like the movie, but when I talk about it, I really only want to focus that I didn't like about it. Uh, and so that's, that's not a good sign, but um, that, that talking is better. But, but I think there's, there's a lot of things in there that Matt Reeves is trying to say, here's all the things that Batman is not. And that inspires conversation, and so it should lead to what I'm ho- what I'm thinking is incredible sequel. Um, and uh, so, I, yeah, but but still, mostly for for this film specifically, it's you can hear my thoughts on those. Yeah, um, yeah, I have some thoughts in response to that, but I will not for fear of spoilers. Sure. Um, let's stick with this genre then, the superhero genre. I wrote down Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is my comic book film, um, and it's for this reason. We know the film is overly long. We know I'm not the biggest fan, but it's hard to it's hard to to say that Snyder didn't have a vision and I don't want to see like I'm by far a Twitter person that's proclaiming, you know, a part of whatever you want to call the people that hashtag restore the Snyderverse with everything. But like Warner Brothers is stupid for not doing it. Um, even if it's not Snyder at the helm, at least having at least letting him be a producer and let somebody else like continue that storyline that he sets up. He sets up a lot of things that are really interesting. And it's like you can't help but wonder, like, where is this going to lead? can't help but wonder like how is this going to affect things you can't help but want to see it so um yeah better to talk about than it is to watch uh funny enough i had this in the better to watch than it is to talk about just because i think the discussion is just so exhausting at this point well so that was my thing is the discussion on it can be toxic so like i'm I'm trying to say more so from a perspective of like not on twitter but in real Mm -hmm. life (laughs) and and taking away all the like you know it, it could also be a fascinating discussion just to be like Let's talk about this for a second. Right. Studios listened to what a fan base wanted. Is that dangerous or good or both? You know? Right. And right. here's my thing. Like, I, I, different than you, I really enjoy Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I take the last 20 or 30 minutes as just post credit stuff that doesn't really add anything to the story. So yeah. I, you don't really need to watch it if you want to get the full effect. Um, but yeah, my next one was just any Darren Aronofsky movie. Um, I haven't seen Requiem for a Dream, so I can't speak to that. But I'm sure, like that's the same. Like it's accurate. Yeah, yeah, no one wants to watch that a second time. But people talk right. about it all. So the one right. that I that I thought of specifically was Mother. I don't really want to watch that too often. But 
there's a lot of really interesting ideas, a lot of really interesting biblical and environmental ideas. So yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about, but it's just like a freaking, it's like uh, the way people talk about uncut gems just makes you uh, anxious the entire time watching it. I'll jump off that boat. Um, I wrote down Noah because Noah's a film I saw once when it came out on Blu-ray. Um, and I still own because I think there's enough in there that is worth discussing. Um, but it's not a great made movie. Um, it's like maybe a two and a half, three out of five. Um, but I think that there's there's a lot of stuff that is worth seeing. And if you want to hear more about that, you can check out Robert Dio about yeah. Noah on his YouTube channel. Because a lot of it stems from that. I mean, that really helped. But I think I think even je- even then, just as somebody that was at Bible College when that movie came out, like it was really interesting to hear the discourse on the giant rock creatures, like how how there are some. I don't know that Aronofsky ever goes straight up like to do the opposite of what Scripture says, but there's definitely some interpretations that he has that it's like these are really interesting interpretations. Um, well, he does. Uh, if if it's it's been since it came out since I've seen it, so I, I I'm not positive. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say if Mother is like environmental is uh environmentalism message noah is very much environmentalism humanitarian less interested in the biblical ideas well but but even just the idea like there's there's a sequence of the movie where noah's daughter played by emma watson has a child Mm -hmm. and he's just like god doesn't want this child to live because god is destroying the earth and it's like you know he's flooding the earth like we are supposed to be the last people that live it's a really interesting concept well you know here we're proving your point right now the movie also it's yes it also like (laughs) believes the old testament god is evil you know um and is very hopeful by the end like the movie is hopeful in humanity yeah i'm like i'm not saying it's a theologically perfect movie and no i, I no. think i, I guess the, i guess the way that i interpret it was more so he's choosing to show the side of god that we don't see through sure. the, the wrathful vengeful so but yeah so i wrote Speaking down no of the side of god we don't get to see i can't wait um and yeah i also have silence <laughs> as my next one uh, nice. I, I think i've seen silas three times but it's also one that i've talked about a whole still only seen it the once right when it came out yeah i it's a three-hour movie yeah that's and it's not a fast movie right and again it's an like i said with uh schindler it's an emotional gauntlet and theological gauntlet and it's like a spiritual gauntlet you know andrew garfield andrew garfield's character goes through so much and you feel like you're going through so much yet you're disagreeing with some of the stuff that he does yeah there's a lot there's a lot of great and i'm excited to yeah. Um, all right. So these last two are really going to hurt you. Uh, the Green Knight. No. Um, so here's the thing. I I have on several occasions thought about buying this. Like I have to be wrong here, but I I just remember being so bored and like wanting to fall asleep. And part, and, but so much of it is I didn't know the story of Gawain before watching the movie. Mm. And and this movie is not a movie that you can just watch. It's a movie that in order to fully understand, you have to understand the Sir Gawain. It relies on you knowing. Maybe. To me, it relies on you knowing it to, to, to fully realize it. Um, but I think the discussion on what the film is trying to say and was doing and the symbolism that is used, if, even if we want to go to technical aspects like the cinematography, there's lots of reasons to, to adore this movie. And so I don't begrudge anybody that does. Um, but it's, it's, it's still just one that bored me to years. Um, so I can't, I can't say it's fun to watch, but I can say it is very fun to listen to people talk about. Well, I actually have two copies of this movie <laughs> because I bought it on Blu-ray as soon as it came out. And then, uh, not too long later, there was a 4k sale on Amazon for nine ninety nine. I was like, I gotta get this on 4k. I don't really buy a ton of 4ks, but if something like that, I love the movie and it looks great. I gotta get it. And this was one. 
Um, during during Black Friday at Best Buy, the 4K was on sale for eight bucks. If they would have had a copy, it would have walked away. They did. I was like, probably for the better. Yeah, I love talking about and watching the movie. I think I've seen it three times now. Um, yeah. My next one, uh, we don't have to spend too much time on because it's network. I Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, very much evidenced by last month's episode. There's a lot to say, but maybe not too excited to rewatch it. I'm, I might push it towards the just as. Oh, even, yeah. Uh, my last one, uh, I'm not trying to take away any merit uh, to, to any of these movies. Um, not to say that any of these movies are bad. I'm just saying like there is there is something special about conversations about these films. So you might even hardcore disagree with me, but I think Bo Burnham's inside. Yeah, I do hardcore um, disagree. Okay. I really liked, prob- prob- like I loved um, Inside. Um, I think it's a technical marvel. I think Bo Burnham's doing some of his best work. Um, in in all of the different aspects that he has but what i've enjoyed seeing is the way that people relate to this film and i am such a story driven person i love bo 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 himself is laying i think you know i think this is totally perfect to watch um totally perfect to to sit down and watch and to watch bo experience this but to see the ways that it impacted so many people and to hear stories about here's why this means so much to me was the better part of what inside did so it's not a negative in in the slightest. It's just I love that he finally provided an opportunity to feel thing to really. I just love yeah watching videos, reading essays, and just seeing people tweet about how it moved. Just yeah. See, I'd say it's in the opposite because I had such a unique personal experience to it that I don't want to see people breaking it down and say like because I don't want to dilute what I felt and what I got out sure. of it. Sure, and I I didn't necessarily super relate mm-hmm. uh, to it. I, I'm like, I feel for you. I have empathy for you. I have compassion for you, but I, I didn't necessarily. Yeah. My last one is, uh, I don't think you've seen this one. It's a movie from last year. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's called Titan, Titan, Titan. Oh. Uh, it was a freaking brutal watch, man. It is so gory, uh, so grisly and violent, and I never want to watch it again. But it is a very sweet message. It has a very sincere heart and this person i don't i don't know the director but whoever wrote and directed had just a very specific way to get across their message and uh i could talk about what it's saying about acceptance and about family and about finding yourself and being true and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff inside of it i just never want to watch it again because i almost left the theater because uh, getting close to throwing up (laughs) i'm not even no that's exactly what i've heard and it's not like i'm not being prudish or anything like that it's just like my weak stomach couldn't take it that's all i don't have a weak stomach but there's certain environments i don't want to put myself yeah. in um it's 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 similar reasons why i don't think i'll ever watch midsommar mm, yeah 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 very sensed anyway um let me since you had uh, that you you've listed all yours then yeah um let me add one the even category because i thought about putting this here but i'm like no that takes away itself i think there's one that's just as good to talk about as it is to watch and that's uh the last du- oh okay uh, yeah there's a lot of good so stuff i think the, to this rashomon storytelling to the ways that the message is trying the, the film is trying to talk about um sexual abuse and under what circumstances lots of yeah um uh what are the other ones you had for even the dune was on there because i love watching it and i like i was talking to ben and foster about it on my podcast and they both loved it and i was just like such a good time talking to people who like loved it and appreciate it as much as i did so it's just like holy crap i want to watch this and i want to talk about it it's just so great so it's like a high um here i had three and even a high even was dune the middle even the middle even was tenet and then like the mix of high and low even is the five twilight movies um 
before Batman came out, me and my wife, we watched all five of the Twilight movies for the first time for both of us. And holy crap, are they so bad, but are they so good? <laughs> and like, I've never seen any of them, and I'm not. There was a five-pack at just not. Target on Blu-ray for 15 bucks, and I was like, I just bought them because they were going on and off of streaming services, and I was just getting so frustrated because we wanted to watch them. And we had such a good time watching those movies. They are terrible, but I could watch nice. them ten more times. So you should watch them the way you watch like MTV reality shows? Basically. It's like... Got it. All right. Maybe I can watch them one day. Like, you'll, you'll if you be, ever come over for Sposkers, we're going to do a Twilight Mirror. You'll be surprised <laughs> because you'll think they're like, why would I ever watch this? This is for teenage girls in the early 2000s. And it is. But it's also so fascinating to try to dig into why they were popular in the first place because they're so bad. But also like they're made. I don't know. Anyway, um, I just had a couple more in like the I'd rather watch them and talk about them. One of them is The Last Jedi. I'm so tired of talking about The Last Jedi but I love watching that movie. And uh, I, I thought about it, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I, it takes away from watching it because I love watching. But yeah, I guess, I guess if you're talking about currently, like I'm over people, people aren't changing sides anymore. Right. Exactly. So I'm over people just yelling at each other for the past. Yeah. What that was five years ago at this. Point. Yep. Um, and then here's my last one is Belfast Coda. Don't look up, drive my car, Dune, King Richard, Liquor's Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. AKA this year's best picture movies, AKA people just need to shut up and enjoy movies because you're not going to change it. Yeah. And I think for one reason or another, all those films are in the best pa- best picture category for one reason or another, just because you didn't like something doesn't mean. Yeah. I've just seen way too much discourse on Twitter r- lately of like, actually Coda is bad. It shouldn't. It's like, no, Coda is fine. In fact, it's actually really yeah, good. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people saying like, kind of like I jokingly said earlier, it's a glorified Hallmark when it's like, just because something is really emotional doesn't actually make it a Hallmark movie. If it also had, you know, and just because it has a relatively simple plot that is really predictable, like, doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Exactly. I concur. I like that last one. Well, that just leaves the spinoff. Robert, what is that one thing then uh, that you want people to either check out or to stay away from? Well, I've since last time we've talked, I've watched eight movies that I really like. I'm going to list them off and I want you to pick which one you want me to talk about. Oh, I like this. Okay, so we get to hear them all, but we get to hear you talk in depth about one of them. Right. Sweet. Um, a few of them are rewatches. Some of them are the first time. Um, Goodwill Hunting, Swiss Army Man, Drive My Car, X, Windfall, Flea, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, or Atonement. Let me hear about X, because <laughs> I'm I'm hearing. Oh, so so my thought was like, look, obviously I know where it's going to be a Goodwill Hunting. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those things. It's like those are all really interesting. I'm not a big like Atonement is. Uh, um, Joe Wright, Kieran Knightley. Joe Wright, yeah. So I don't, I don't care too much. But like, I am, I all I know is everybody is like, X is a really weird movie that I want to talk with people about. Yeah. So, so I'm, I want to hear it. I'm actually going as somebody on, that hasn't seen it. Uh, shameless plug for one of our Sif Pop writers. I'm going on the Le- the Lenient Critic podcast tomorrow to talk to Rowan Wood about X um, and a few other movies actually. But X, I didn't think I was ever going to see this movie just because I saw the trailer and what it was about. And it's, I just knew it was going to be violent, even though I love A24, but Rowan asked me to talk about it. And I said, sure, anything for you, bud. And I was like prepared to cover my eyes the whole time. It's about a group of people in 1979 (laughs) making a porno in Texas. And it turns into a murder fest because it's a slasher. It's a modern day slasher. And it is really good. It is really, really good. I was not expecting it to be good. Um, It's about this old couple owns his ranch and they're, just starting to kill off the people one at a time and it has so much to say so much more to say than i thought i was going to say it's about like religious trauma uh it's about 
uh, like TV pundits. Uh, it's about uh, relationships. It's about openness. It's about the way men and women are treated differently. It's about living your life freely the way you want to uh, in a self-fulfilling way. It's very grisly. There are some rough, violent moments, but they're mostly pretty quick. And if you're down for what it has to say, and it's also very funny. So if you're at all interested, I would recommend it just with a very high violence. Man, I've got to go. <laughs> like very high violence warning, but it's not like demonic. I don't mind. I don't mind violence. Okay. Um, you know, I I do fine watching the song, but maybe it's I'm pretty desensitive. It's like horror violence. So, but I yeah. I was I was like this, like with my eyes covered for for some of it, just because. Uh, Foster told me that it was comparable to Titan and its violence, but I don't really think it was quite that bad. Yeah, I gotta. It's playing in my theater, so like I gotta. Yeah, especially with Foster's. It's a big recommendation nice. coming from me because I thought I was gonna hate it, like I did, but I kind of want to see it again now. Nice. Um. All right. So I played. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use this as both a recommendation. Um. I've been playing video games late at night because whenever having to bed because I can put the sound through um, and not disturb her. Later. Right. Um, so I haven't watched a ton of movies or TV out of Xbox. That's been the, um, I played this game that I used to hate called Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. (laughs) And I hated it when it first came out, but I think it was the first like 2D fighting game I've ever played. And I think I just didn't get it, but like, I don't know. I I just stopped playing it. I was borrowing it from a friend. I gave it back. I'm like, that's garbage. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) um, I went back and I played it, and it's not great, but it's not bad. Um, voice acting is terrible, um, for specifically for the DC side. There's not really a reason to play this game. So that's my, like, warn. Like, it's backwards compatible on Xbox now. So if you have a disc, go fire it up. If you find it for, like, three, four bucks, sure. I think you have to have a disc. To- but don't go out of your way to go find it. This isn't some hidden gem. What this is, though, is a precursor to Injustice. Um, you can really tell because the same studio that makes Mortal Kombat makes um, a DC fighting game um, with DC characters. So you can see like they're playing around with the idea um, and you can just kind of see like, all right, I don't know if Injustice is as good if this game doesn't happen. So I am warning Mortal Kombat versus you saying, hey, just if you have it, like you could do worse. I'm not like a hard don't don't ever buy this. I'm just like, if you've never played it, there's no reason to. But you should play Injustice unless you don't like fighting the slaves, which I didn't, but I still love this. Nice. That's a wrap. Quick, quick reminder that Hip Hop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media um, or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you want to write for ZipPop.com, get in contact with Robert or I. We'll get hooked up. Um, send us a question to explore the B plot. That'd be great. Um, feedback, all that stuff at uh, um, Writers Room ZipPop.com or DM the ZipPop Twitter, or you can DM me on Twitter at Schweitcastle. Uh, Robert, that's um, that's my stuff. What about you? Uh, you can find me at underscore Rob's thoughts on Twitter and Robert's thoughts on. Well, there we go. I should thanks for being on, as always, Robert. Uh, by the time. The- whoop whoop. Uh, thanks for being on, Robert. Yeah, I always enjoy it. Always enjoy it as usual. Next next month, join us for Last Temptation of Christ. Next week is the Harry Potter franchise, the Wizarding World franchise with Nash. First time guest Nash. So that's already recorded. I promise it's a good time. Um, <laughs> and also this Friday. Um, an episode of Alice, Shane, and I recapping last year's Oscars and re-awarding some of the awards. Um, that'll drop on Friday, so come on back for that as well. Um, oh, I forgot to plug Patreon at all today, so those are all live at Patreon now. Go to patreon.com slash to check all that out. Five bucks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, or twenty bucks, all that. Thanks, see you next week!